0: This week on Invasion, the podcast, we were not nominated for Best Picture
1: again. Do we get lost in the hedge maze that is people's love of the shining?
0: And if you're forced to pay a compliment, is it really a compliment? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon the arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the Invasion of the Podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul, on my left to Steve.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: I like I say to my left, like, as if you're listening, you're like, <laughs> people will pause and then look to their left and be like, oh, there he is. I'm there's always Steve. on the left.
1: I'm never going to be on the right because there's yeah. a table on the right. Well,
0: I, I walked into this room, and I was talking to you, but we did not realize that the entire time the image was in a mirror until the camera pulls away. <laughs> that's true. We did not know. And
1: like, <laughs> I don't know why I said that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's a that's true fact.
0: And then you're just like, Paul, what have you been working on? I'm like, I got this amazing idea. I just <laughs> All work and no play makes Paul a dull boy. It's just over and over again. I'm like, can't you hear it? And you're like, and he walked out of the room slowly. So yeah, uh, yeah, uh, we're going to be talking about The Shining. Not quite how you think. I'm sure we will um, like aimlessly wander down the hallways. Uh, with I'm an to ride my big wheel. Go ride your big wheel. Yeah, we're going to talk about that. People, people's love of it, and our our um, our personal uh, what we what we have felt about the film. Uh, it's more of a thought experiment. We'll get there when we get there.
1: Um, a revisiting, but, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Not uh, really a review, but a revisit. Yeah.
0: So we're going to do that, uh, and then later on we'll pay some compliments because it's uh, when when you guys should be listening to this. I mean, not that you should, you can listen to it anytime you, you want can to. I only guess. listen
1: to it. on Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> na-
0: this this will be you know Thursday when it comes out. It's National Compliment Day, so we're going to compliment things that we don't like just to f- see if we can find something good to yeah. be had in there. So uh, I know this is the part where we normally talk about our weekends, but. Uh, I didn't do much of anything other than play World of Warcraft and work on 3D printing stuff.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was what we called the snowpocalypse here in Ohio, and it wasn't really as bad as it it was going to be, I believe, at first. Uh, I mean, it was still bad, but, uh, you know, Saturday morning I ran out to the store and bought the essentials, beer and chili, (laughs) um, or... Beer and the ingredients to make chili. Um, and I spent my weekend.
0: <laughs> I was so, but was just like a cans of manwich. Like, <laughs>
1: you're,
0: like, you're like, this is what I call chili. We just put baked beans in with it. It's chili.
1: No, no, I do a full like you know uh, different beans and spices and all that good stuff. Nice. So, um, um,
0: like so, I I like making a a white chicken chili. Okay. Like I, I I don't know how you feel if you feel that's a lesser chili. I've I, not had it, so I don't. Oh, really, I can't. Compare. It's so good. I just. Uh, but not that it's like you can make it healthy healthier for you but since we have that super large crock pot it's just it's
1: healthy chili it just it's, it sounds I, like an oxymoron yeah like you know. uh my wife is a vegetarian so i make two batches of chili one with meat one without um but like we also like fritos in our chili so like okay you make up a bowl you put a uh, layer fritos on the bottom chili and then that sounds on top. that sounds
0: amazing yeah that sounds really good. very american like yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I like that. It's just like then, you know, then we put we put more Fritos on top of it, and then more Fritos on top of that. I, I like it. Um, yeah, that's that sounds amazing. Uh, but yeah, we I've made uh, I've made some crockpot chili before that I I like it. It's just that my problem is since I whenever I make something really big in the crockpot, I just like I have no portion control. I'm like I'll have more, I'll have more, and then it's just like I'm like just dead to the world. Then
1: yeah, I mean we've we've got to like rule like you know one bowl at a time because. <laughs> We've <laughs> like, both been like, like laying on the couch. Out, like, yeah, I just like... sit
0: three out in front of me. I'm like, I'll get to it. Like...
1: <laughs> but to be fair, like we ate chili Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah well like it's like, just the two of us and there's two crock pots worth of chili for god's sake well it's funny because
0: like uh mary my wife she made uh uh like like imitation and when she by imitation she looked up a recipe that's similar to not like it's not like made of like you know space matter or whatever but she made imitation skyline <laughs> chili okay which is not the same thing as like you know regular chili but she so we had that for a couple days and that's
1: that's just supposed to go on spaghetti right or do you you know we we used
0: um like elbow like macaroni pasta but you could use whatever pasta you want for that but it's like yeah so we had that for a few days so i guess we were kind of the same mindset of that nice savory food stuff that's going to hold you over when you don't want to go outside
1: yeah and i mean i shoveled our driveway and uh you know my wife kept like because we both did it and you know she would be like are you are you okay? Do you need to take a break? I'm like, no. Let's just get it done. <laughs> that was me. I'm Sunday gonna morning have like a hard. heart attack out here, but let's just get it over with.
0: Um, but you know where I live, and, and since Steve comes over to court, he he knows that our driveway is kind of long by our house. Yeah. Like relative to for a Cleveland, like you know, like intercity driveway, it's pretty long. Um, well, your
1: garage is all the way, or where you park is all the way in behind the, back yeah. of the house. So, so
0: I, I I shoveled from my my rear entrance all the way through the apron, uh, and the apron sucks because. Um, it's so wide and lower to the street that when the plow trucks come through, it just gets, so I had, I had about probably about two foot of just packed in snow from the plow trucks. And I did that by myself. Not that I'm like, look at me. It's just more like, if I don't do this I don't know who's going to not that our our upstairs neighbors are awesome. It's just that, you know, you don't know people's schedules. You don't know like what's going on. It's just, it's a matter of like, if you know, I see it and I need to do it. So like I was outside for like two and a half hours, just like dying Doing that, and then, um, then after doing that, I sat down and watched The Shining, so it felt very, very appropriate that I'm just like <laughs> digging myself out. That was, but that's not the same types of snow that's in The Shining, there's nothing like that. It wasn't like you I didn't was... have to
1: take a snow cat to get out of your driveway,
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, Scatman Crawlers came by and helped out like for a second. Um, hey, he kept, I'm
1: Jazz, yeah, what yeah, he kept calling me Doc, it was weird.
0: Um, no. Uh, and then I got inside and got drunk on ghost liquor, is what happened. No, uh, so it was, yeah, it was a very, it was exhausting. And I still, and by the time I turned around, it started snowing again. And it's like, even though I did do make a dent, it didn't, you couldn't tell that the shovel had hit the ground. It was kind of like, yeah. like another inch or so hit. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going inside. Like, I was like, <laughs> like, I am done now. So, yeah, that was my weekend, was uh, shoveling yeah. snow, playing video games, and watching The Shining. So, yeah,
1: yeah, uh, very similar. You yeah. know, beer, chili, shining. There you go. <laughs> shoveling and shining.
0: <laughs> shoveling shoveling and shining. It feels like there used to be a third <laughs> thing in there for alliteration's sake. But, yeah, anyway, um, yeah, not not very exciting weekends, but we're manly men. We shoveled snow, and then we ate, uh, I guess we ate very similar chilies, I guess. I don't know. That's why we're friends. So, all right, let's just get to the news.
1: Everyone,
0: so Oscar nominations came out. Not that we're hoity toity here at the show and, and know everything about everything, but it's worth mentioning.
1: I'm very hoity, I don't know about toity. yeah. I it.
0: mean, you know, you need to work on the toitiness. Uh, so, uh, with the expanded best picture offerings, which I mean, that's it's been expanded for like what 10 years now, yeah. Uh, best picture nominations just to go through. We're not gonna go through each thing, but it's worthy of mentioning because it's a very, um, I think it's a very interesting mix of films. Uh, so we got Black Panther, uh, Black Klansman. A Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, uh, Green Book. I didn't realize Green Book was nominated for Best Picture until I just read it out loud. Yeah. That's that's interesting. Roma, A Star is Born in Vice. Um, this Green Book, because not only do I want to see it, it looks like it's a good movie. Yeah. It's directed by Peter Farrelly, uh, the, the Farrelly the brothers. the Farrelly brothers' fame? Yeah, it's like, if you had said, hey, Paul, the guy who not made Kingpin and Dumb and Dumber, one of them's going to go and direct a film nominated for Best Picture. I'd be like, <laughs> huh. Like, you know, um, so... Yeah, it just it's it's interesting because like Black Panther, first they said first comic book movie nominated for a best picture. Um, I kept thinking The Dark Knight was, but then I remember that the reason that this guy expanded was because The Dark Knight wasn't, wasn't nominated. nominated. Yeah, um, and then to think that I'm surprised that nothing else that's kind of come close to that classification has been nominated for best picture. But whatever, I mean, it, it's I think it's worthy of the conversation. And I'm burping because I've been drinking beer too. So, classy, classy act as we're talking about the Oscars,
1: you know. Um. So I realize as I have the list in front of me, I've only seen one of the A Star fiction. is Born. Yeah, yeah, I saw it seven times in the theater. Um. I sang along with it. I cried. Uh, no, I. Uh, I've only seen Black Panther. Meant to get the blacks Black Klansmen uh Bohemian Rhapsody just felt like a movie that like I'm kind of surprised that it's getting all the heat that it is like I I just was like, "Oh, it looks like another biopic and maybe it's fantastic. I, I, I think it's just it, the like, power of
0: Freddie Mercury. I think that's really what it is and, and I want to see it too. I haven't gotten to it. Yeah. Do uh, you think
1: Brian Singer, Singer will be invited? <laughs> he
0: actually ended up doing something like on social media somewhere kind of like, you know, hey, look, this got nominated. Everyone's like, go away. Like kind of <laughs> like,
1: you know. Yeah, there were yeah. more like accusations leveled against him today as well. Yeah, so it's not, good. not um, good. I mean, as um, in
0: not like I'm like like going to die on the hill that is Brian singer but it's like you know i, I just the, the we need more sunshine keep it coming like keep flipping all those rocks over finding all the bad yeah I, it's just that i feel like it's going to eventually just be like well i guess i hope i like this one thing i hope nobody oh yeah. <laughs> but there's more than clearly with him being removed from the project i i can't remember who they got brought in and directed but clearly there was enough other people and their efforts there to get this there. yeah his you know? name
1: i understand is solely on there because of dga rules Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that uh, it's really his film, but you know I, that's neither here nor there. I just I I thought it was interesting that like the day after the nominations came out, more <laughs> came out. He he he's like, oh, this is clearly a smear print campaign, and it's just like probably uh, not, probably uh, not. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, I mean, obviously, you want to you know it, th- that wasn't the topic mm-hmm. I want to get into, but yeah, that's, no, no, uh, you I, know, no, I, no, I no. I brought no. it
1: up. No. I just on offhand. I, I yeah. Um, the favourite I haven't seen um, Green Book. I haven't seen Roma. I have no good reason to see, or no good reason <laughs> to have not seen it. Sorry,
0: I but have I'm... no good reason to see this film. <laughs> that's his personal passion project. No, know, that's no available on Netflix right <laughs> now. I have no reason to watch that. I
1: have no good reason to not have get, watched it because get that garbage. Away from me. I, I can watch it at home right now, mm. um, and I do find it interesting um, that you know this weekend. Uh, I spent watching, you know, not only The Shining, but, like, I watched a couple of 80s films that uh, I hadn't seen, one being called Strip to Kill, I'm sorry, (laughs) yeah, Strip to Kill, and uh, another one called School Spirit, which both are... They're they're not Roma. Um, I was
0: gonna say I thought Strip to Kill. I thought Roma was actually the remake of yeah. that. I didn't know. <laughs>
1: uh, so I spent my my weekend watching some eighties exploitation. We'll say, and uh, I so I have no good reason not wa- for not having watched Roma. I'm gonna be honest. A Star is Born is not really gonna be my cup of tea. I, maybe if you held me down and made me so watch it, I'd love it. But... This is
0: like the third or fourth iteration of this film. Yeah. Um, growing up, uh, there there's one with Chris Christopherson and. Um, Bet not, Beth Midler. Um, uh, uh, d- d- Yentl. Um, what's <laughs> her name? Um, Barbara Streisand, right? Yeah. <laughs> I
1: hope it was her character in Yentl. That would yeah, have been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was Barbara Streisand.
0: I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was the one that my mom like watched because that was like the second. Or third version of that, yeah. Uh, and I watched that because we, I, I don't know about you, but like uh, my mom joined that uh, one of those video videotape clubs that you know you get to pick four for a penny, and then you have to oh, like nice. buy. It. I so, did that with
1: cassettes, and then yeah. I never bought another thing. So
0: we ended up getting like like that, like King of Kings, which is like the Jeffrey Hunter Jesus film. Uh, that my mom—it was a two-taper, so I knew it was important. It was an important okay. film. Because it was two tapes, and then Scarface, <laughs> like so clearly, my mom's interests were all over the place. But <laughs> Star Is Born was one that I saw a lot of times growing okay. up. So. Which I mean, I, you know, it's it's a good it's a good interesting story. Clearly, it's worthy of revisiting, like once a generation. Yeah. And I had not heard the song from that film, like the big one called Sh- uh, "Shallow." I think it's what's it's called the one Lady Gaga does. It's in the movie.
1: If I didn't, you say so, I
0: didn't hear it until last night, driving home from work, because NPR was talking about the nominees, and it's like they got into like just that that the the meaty part of that song, where it's just like I don't know what this is, but it's like it's that that that. that Big, like you know, show-stopping. Like this is this is great. So it's like yeah. I kind of you know I feel yeah. like I probably should have seen this by now. But I, I mean, my
1: not. comment is not directed towards a, you know either Lady Gaga or um Bradley. Well, it has Bradley Rocket Cooper Cooper in it. It has or, Rocket. The voice is Rocket. Like, I spent my weekend watching '80s exploitation. I'm clearly not the main audience for A Star's You're like, listen, I will probably get to it at some point.
0: It, it came out at the same time as Venom. You had to make a choice, which I know you haven't seen Venom either. <laughs> I haven't seen Venom either. Weird, Venom My choice was
1: to stay home. Yeah, Venom, <laughs> yeah, Venom wasn't
0: nominated for Best Picture. Uh, and then Vice, I want to see as well, just because, I mean, it's Adam McKay. Christian yeah. uh, um, Bale. Christian and all Bale. That. I was going to say Christian Slater. Like, no, no. Um, but, uh, yeah, Black but if you've not got a chance to see it, check it out. It's a very, it's a good movie, uh, funnier than you'd expect it to be, Yeah. but then it, it, then it just t- takes the knife and twists it on you whenever it's like, you're having a good time. Oh. Things haven't changed. And that's not a spoiler, because if I'm spoiling that for you, I'm spoiling history, and maybe you should pay attention. Yeah. Like, um, but, yeah, uh, it's it's a it's a good movie. Um, and I honestly don't know. I, don't, I Since I've not seen the rest of these, I couldn't speak to it. I don't think Black Panther's going to win this picture, just because I think it's important that it got nominated, but I don't know if it's the best one of the ones here. Um, you know, I like Black Panther a great deal. Uh, I think Infinity War was, like, the more successful, like, you know, overall like beginning to end production but I think it's just because the how big Black Panther hit and it's you know just the waves it caused it's definitely worthy of discussion
1: so I had two thoughts regarding Black Panther first one is is that like typically uh just to, to make more money uh they'll re-release Oscar pictures uh around the Oscars back in theaters yeah and even though we own Black Panther I'm kind of like ah, I don't want to go see it in the theater again. That's a good call. Yeah, I, um, yeah, we
0: own it too. But it's, it'd be nice to see it. Like, so even. if
1: it goes back in theaters, I may go check it out again. But also, even though it's nominated for best animated film, I kind of feel like if you're asking me what's the best comic book movie last year that I would put in Oscar contention, it's probably Into the Spider Verse. No, like, I love that movie. That yeah, movie. yeah. And like the fact that it's in the animated feature film category, unfortunately, negates the fact that it didn't. It, it wouldn't get a you know, best uh, Oscar nod or best picture nod. Has there
0: been? and This is me not showing showing my my lack of intelligence about
1: this. Has there been an animated film nominated for best picture? I believe it was it was either like Aladdin or, or Lion King, and that was when oh, they created yeah, the yeah, animated yeah, like, feature yeah. film okay. category. So that wouldn't happen. So those silly. <laughs> so that wouldn't happen. Animated like, films wouldn't get in the way of you know the real m- movies.
0: Like the, how they're talking about how they want to do like most popular film, right? And it's like yeah, 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 yeah. so. Um, but yeah, I, Spider-Man should win Best Animated Feature. Like I haven't seen Incredibles two, uh, and then there's this film which called... which
1: sucks. B- I love the original. I, know, Incredibles I haven't gotten to. It. I haven't it. I don't,
0: seen it. I don't know why. I just feel like after after seeing Ralph breaks the Internet, which is nominated for Best Animated Feature, then you, you can see yourself out the door there that film. Um, which is unfortunate because I love Wreck-It Ralph, but the, the sequel I, I talked about it. Seeing it right after Into the Spider-Verse did not do it any favors, and it wasn't that great anyway. Unfortunately, um, Isle of Dogs is good. It's just if you like Wes Anderson you like it if not then you, it's not going to win you over it's a Wes Anderson film
1: you know yeah. what you're getting in
0: yeah, you, did you you guys watch it? I, uh,
1: Kathy's watched it. I have not watched it. Um,
0: it's worth it's it's worth the time, but it's no end of the Spider Verse. There has no Spider Ham in it, so that's
1: um. <laughs> All movies should have Spider Ham in it. I at feel this like point.
0: with of the Spider Verse having Nicholas Cage in a role in which he is vested, yeah, and you can tell it is not nominated for Best Picture. Like,
1: come on, I I honestly like I feel like uh, Spider Ham is sort of. The Batman 66 is Spider Man. Like, it was sort of this black mark for a long time on the character in the sense that, like, people wouldn't really acknowledge Spider Ham. Yeah. But now, like, he's in a hit movie and everybody's like, oh, I love that Spider Ham.
0: Uh, yeah. You know,
1: and that was kind of what Batman 66 was for a long time. And then people were like, oh, this is a lot of fun. And there's, you know, so many amazing colors and, you know, great stuff. So. Yeah. And
0: that's the other thing, too. That's my other gripe is that, uh, um, for best um, best song or whatever uh, they had here, which by the original score Black Panther, yeah, that's nominated. They, it, that's a great score for that that film. Um, but f- the with the best songs, uh, the none of the stuff from Into the Spider Verse ended up nominated for best song. And I think that song, really? uh, like What Up Danger, that is yeah, such a great a song. tune. And like, I don't know about you, because I know we talked about music before we started recording can tonight. You,
1: can you scroll back down? I'm sorry. Yeah,
0: sorry. I was I'm just zipping through this here.
1: Keep going. I, Did you want
0: I, you want to look at sound mixing? Is that what you wanted to look at? No,
1: no. I I just saw visual effects and like I <laughs> I saw that it's Ready Player One oh, solo. Look at
0: that! Look at it's Avengers: Infinity War. Christopher Robin, First Man, which I think that's the only time First Man's nominated this yeah. entire thing, and that's supposed to be it's supposed to be a really good movie. I just this kind of I
1: realize I threw our our conversation off, but no. I just I caught Christopher Robin and First Man, and I was like, whoa, wait, what? yeah and
0: then you got ready player one for visual
1: effects and then solo look at that
0: solo got nominated for an oscar how do you feel about that is that
1: the only uh nomination for it
0: um other than best picture yeah i think
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, um
0: best original score no that's not true um yeah i think uh how did that not I mean I feel like all Star Wars movies have amazing sound mixing I don't know how that didn't enter into the conversation for yeah that.
1: I mean um the award really should just be called the uh the THX. Skywalker yeah the Skywalker
0: yeah. sound uh, yeah like they didn't even get nominated for costume design like I just feel like there's nothing like yeah that it looks like that's the only thing they got nominated for uh Ron Howard did not get nominated for best director um you know he's been's he's been nominated before I think he's won it before too uh, yeah I um, think
1: he won for was it Cinderella Man?
0: was it central man i don't i think what, the, what, what, the about paul, what about sorry. paul what about paul 13 did he get nominated uh, uh
1: oh yeah he may have been nominated for yeah. paul 13 uh, I don't think it is Cinderella Man because I don't think he directed that. Now that I think of it, I was thinking of A Beautiful Mind, but for whatever reason, <laughs> it's it Cinderella it Man's sequel yeah. to that. No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they, so big thing. Uh, not to go on about this too long, but uh, the the thing that surprises to, the surprising to me is that Hereditary. There's nothing at yeah. all like. Tony Collette got like she's been nominated before, and she you know obviously she this isn't going to be her last you know chance. But yeah. my God, her performance in that is just gut wrenching and so good. And the 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 I don't know. I just think that original screenplay like why couldn't that have been brought into the conversation like if you're not gonna i know i know it's a big deal this year like because last year a horror film you know was nominated and now you got a superhero film don't go crazy you know but
1: well yeah well, i mean uh the year before you had both get out and uh um uh, shape of water shape of water yeah. uh and like they, we're just like we can't let two two years in a row a horror film enter into oh, the best no, picture no. race what do we <laughs> like the, the um,
0: academy's like listen Five superhero film but no horror movies like
1: okay <laughs> uh, you know I, and I know that it wouldn't have gotten nominated but uh, I honestly think that Nicolas Cage's performance in Mandy might be one of my favorite performances of last year so
0: he should have you know how how amazing of a dark just show horse just that
1: bathroom scene of how, him it's
0: like, that's, that's so powerful yeah. and, and batshit crazy you know like but see him work through whatever that is. Yeah, I I made the joke. I don't know if it was to you or to anybody else, but I'm just like, I don't even know if that was intended to be in the movie. Like, I just feel like <laughs> I think we did. It's just him just being like, I'm in my underwear, just <laughs> drinking vodka, just getting psyched up. It's Go like get the camera. Yeah, it's like
1: mix it underwear. underwear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, So, yeah, there's some some stuff. And also, like, what was the best documentary? Um, The uh, Mr. Rogers documentary didn't get nominated, which I've not seen it. But when the trailer itself made me want to ball my eyes out, I'm like, how is that not nominated? You know? I mean, basically,
1: what this list is, though, is it's a a lot of me, like, uh, you know, making myself feel bad for all the things that I haven't seen, where I'm like, oh, I haven't seen this. I haven't seen this. Um, Oh, Solo got two nominations. Look, free Solo. Free Solo. yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Same movie, exact same. No, um, that, that's the version before Ron
1: Howard came in. Like they like Free Solo. Oh, uh, so, all right. I desperately want to know what that version was. Yeah, me
0: too. Uh, just, just uh, join all the Scott and Scott, Zack Snyder people that want that uh, cut of uh, Justice League, right? So. All right, so I'm sure we could pick winners. We're going to be wrong. We'll get think, to it later. I think
1: maybe what we should do, um, and I realize that it's 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 hard, you know, maybe once, because the, 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 these are in March, right? I think so. Maybe for, like, the game or whatever, like, we pick our Academy Awards, the Invasion of the Podcast, <laughs> like, the movies that we would award. The Potties. Yeah. But
0: no, that's, we're not calling to that. <laughs> uh, but that'd be funny, because it's just like, Paul. You've, you've nominated three movies. <laughs> like yeah. the same three over and over again. I'm like,
1: I've seen three movies. Steve, why is this category best John Carpenter score?
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: <laughs> why is this why is this
0: best Halloween film called Halloween that was called Halloween and released in September?
1: And don't get me wrong, I, I I'm not saying that I thought it was one of the best pictures of the year, but I, I still listen to its score, like all the time. <laughs> I, and I listen to the end of the Spider
0: Verse thing like all like all the time too. So all right, moving on. Uh, Next story here. Uh, uh, We've talked about this a little bit in the past because I I didn't realize – like, if we stumbled across this thing called Pluto TV because there's an app on the PlayStation Store. So, I think you and I talked about this previously on the show yeah. a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you, you had said you'd watched some of it
1: previously. Yeah, I used it to watch the Mystery Science Theater and Rift Tracks.
0: Yeah. So, it uh, looks like that, that um, it's basically internet TV in the sense that you have a number of different channels. You can't control the content, but you can just flip through it, and there are some ads. It, it feels like old school cable.
1: But, you know, it's not as... Well, that's the funny thing, was that uh, the reason that I first discovered it was is, uh, they were going to do a riff track showing, I think, of Psycho 2. Um, and I was like, oh. I was like, well, I, I want to see that. But it was like, at, there was a time, and it felt like the old school, like, wanting to watch something on TV. It yeah. was like, I have to make an appointment to make sure that I watch this. Destination on, television, yeah. Yeah, on Pluto, because it's going to air at this time. And, you know, I... I um, I like riff tracks, but I'd not seen them do any of the, the psycho films, So I was like, I have to watch this.
0: Yeah. So uh, I think it's a cool service. I don't use it a lot, but I like the idea that there's these channels that's like, Hey, do you want Gordon Ramsay Did you yell at people 24 hours a day? There's a channel for that. Like you can just, like, just do it. Right. <laughs> so, um, Viacom has moved in and bought, they're buying Pluto TV, which if I remember right, didn't Viacom, didn't they have blockbuster and then split off like blockbuster split off from them after a while and took on some debt from viacom and that's kind of what started leading to part of the downfall of blockbuster
1: i don't know i um, I, I honestly you, like, I, I worked for the company for five
0: years so i think i should be aware of this but
1: <laughs> i don't no, know blockbuster what's... not viacom i just want to <laughs>
0: put that out like if i work for viacom i might still have a job
1: i mean i thought maybe it might have been the hefty pricing and late fees that were incurred well, most of the time by I, blockbuster I, that I, may have been
0: yeah well that too i think part of the deal was that they broke off from viacom but part of the deal was they they took on a certain amount of debt from Viacom, if I remember right. I might be using a different company in, in, uh, in lieu of Viacom, but I think that's correct. So it's just interesting that they were partnered up with them. They broke off, and they were trying to do their own thing with like media, and then they tried doing their own like you know mailing service and had the option to buy Netflix at that time. Said no, we're going to bury you, and then you know whatever. They didn't work out. So then we're Viacom moves bury along. You. And yeah. yeah. Uh, dig a, dig a grave. You know, uh, dig two graves. One for one for Blockbuster, one for you because you saw the crime and we can't let you live. Um, so it's interesting. The Viacom is not. They're trying to find something to kind of get their foot in that kind of this type of market of like the internet like television part of yeah. it. So part of this one, I'm worried that that might then start limiting what could be on there. That'd be, that'd be bad. Cause I think people like what's available and yeah. Pluto's worked out some deals I mean, to get some interesting content on there. I
1: haven't looked into it recently, but when I downloaded it, the, one of the reasons I downloaded it was because there was nothing but a Rift tracks channel. Mm-hmm. There was a mystery science theater 3000 channel. So yeah. I was like, Oh, I just know that anytime that I tune into this, I can just watch a mystery science theater 3000. And that's
0: something just to kind of be fun to put on and just, yeah. Yeah, like so. Um, so the people say one of the pauses is that Viacom does own a few different things already that they can then make available on here. Which I had there was a different story I pulled up originally when I sent to you, and they gave examples, and it's not in this variety story.
1: But I feel like it was mostly like MTV properties and things. Yeah, like that. which would be fun, like yeah. if
0: they could get like you know. Like, I don't know, like Beavis and Butthead or something running 24 hours a day. Yeah. Uh, or even, I don't know, even if you did the real world or something. People would be interested in that, right? Just stream 120 minutes over and over again uh, or um, Headbangers Ball with...
1: Uh, I would watch a Headbangers Ball channel if it was just <laughs> like, oh, it's, you know... Well, who was the host 19- back
0: then? Was it Matt Pinfield?
1: So before Matt Pinfield, it was Ricky Rackman. Ricky
0: Rackman, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, They could just show MTV back when Kennedy wasn't a crazy person, you know, uh, crazy weirdo conservative person. Like, where how'd that happen? I don't know. Um, You could have both Julie Browns on there. That's true. You could have. Kurt Loader. You can just have a constant a constant channel of that MTV news the boom, 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 of the of the typewriter ball hitting the screen. It's just twenty-four hours of news updates, you know. That that would be not good, but I you know, it'd be fun. You know,
1: <laughs> you gotta have that uh, the megadeth opening to uh, um, uh cells. Boom 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 boom, yeah. boom, boom 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 boom.
0: I just and then you can just have a whole channel of remote control playing. That'd be uh, and all those, and, and Singled uh, Out? You can just have a stream
1: of Singled Out playing over and over again? Have I told you my wife's, like, obsession with remote control? Like, no. Okay, so... um uh, Tucking people. This is going to be a weird draw. Cause, <laughs> no, uh, I, it's just that she loved that show when we were growing up. Like, she had a remote control shirt, which I didn't know anybody who had a shirt. Like, and she still has, you know, the shirt. Because um, that
0: was MTV's first game show.
1: Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, one night we were just like talking about it, and I was like, well, Let's go on YouTube. There are like not entirely a lot of full episodes, but you can watch some full episodes of remote Control, hmm. and they were all from like '89. So, like, they had like commercials for like Ghostbusters 2 and Batman and all the movies that were coming out that summer. And but did it they was, keep
0: all the weird MTV like, oh, bits yeah. in the middle where it was just like it oh. was clearly
1: somebody had taped them on a video yeah, set yeah. and thrown them on YouTube? Um, but then, uh, for her birthday last year, I bought, and we haven't played it yet because I just got it on the SNS, SNES that I modded, but they had a remote control Nintendo game. Oh. So like, we're looking to like sit down and play with that, uh, sometime soon, but that's cool. Uh, that was, it's that weird thing of like a, a show that I hadn't thought about in probably 20 years, at least. <laughs> that's, it's
0: funny. Cause like forever, I would always be like, man, if they could just release the state, like. Oh, to watch, yeah. And then I started watching it, and I'm like, oh, well, there's still some good... Oh, like, it's it's like 50-50. Like, you, it's a coin flip with those skits, but it's like, my memory <laughs> of the state was much funnier than what was actually in front of me.
1: Remote control has some some obvious groaner moments, but there's such, like, in the moment of that pop culture at that time yeah. that you're like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe... Like it, I'm going to have to go check that out. Yeah, almost to the extent the of, like... If you showed it to somebody and you're like, "This is what the '80s were like," you'd be like, "Yeah, but that's a dramatization of it's like, like, no, no that's it really I mean, was.
0: That's what they thought people wanted. Yeah, you know, <laughs> like that's funny. So yeah, anyway, um, uh, yeah. So Pluto's being bought by Viacom. Hopefully, it will stay in in the format it is with the multiple channels with some ads. It's it like like I don't have cable anymore. I actually I actually have not been in a household with cable. And over 10 years, easily, easily. So, uh, but we do have internet, so we have streaming services. So even though Pluto TV isn't something that I necessarily would be my go-to, I like the idea that something like this exists, that I can be like, oh, because I don't know about you, there's just sometimes where it's like you don't know what you want to watch and having the infinite scroll of a streaming service. Sometimes you can sit there 20 minutes and not pick anything. So at least with this, it's like, you can be like, okay, put it on. And if you like it, cool. If not change channel there, there is some kind of inherent like reward response of flipping like through the channels sometimes, you know? So,
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like sometimes it's also that I'm going to sit down and draw or work on the comic or do something. Uh, that I can't give my full attention to. So it's easier for me to pick something that I've either seen before or reruns of an old show or whatever that I can have on in the background yeah. while I'm working. And, you know, it's nice to not have to try and figure out, all right, well, what am I going to watch? Like, you know, sometimes I'll go to, you know, Hulu and I'll be like, oh, it's Storage Wars, I guess, because I don't have to pay attention. But yeah, yeah. So, so.
0: <clears throat> all right. Um, we'll see how this goes. I guess. Uh, God willing, the yeah. remote
1: control channel will come. Yes, to Pluto that'd be TV. Great.
0: If they can bring back uh, the Max and the Head, that would be great. Um, what What was the name of that show, though? The, remember, it was uh, they had the Max and uh, Liquid
1: Television. Was it Liquid Television? But it just um, so the Max didn't come from Liquid te- Television, but no. like Aeon Flux did, and then Liquid Television was sort of like a animation feature.
0: Yeah, because we Liquid Television's where. Uh, Aeon Flex was there and Beef's Bud had premiered and some other stuff, but then yeah. they had a separate series that was just uh, um, The Head, if you remember The Head oh, and yeah. Max, and they were separate from that, so I don't know. Anyway, I I
1: keep meaning to look up and and pick up the Max because I I've wanted to revisit it for a while. Um, and I don't know that I watched it all the way through when it originally ran, so I don't know where it left. <laughs> all it off. I
0: remember about the Max is that there was this running joke about him somehow gluing his, his hands together, and there was a whole thing where he's like, <laughs> he super supergluing his hands together again. He's trying to get into a fight, and he's trying to fight people, and his hands are glued together.
1: Well, I remember um, us sitting there looking at it and like trying to compare it to the comic because yeah. that was. I mean, it looks like Sam close. Keiths, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that, and I remember at the time, the uh, old Spawn series when that debuted on HBO, Like they tried to capture that McFarlane look as well. So um, that was where my head was, at least back then. No pun intended.
0: So, all right. So next story here, you get a choice. If I still have them up here, probably not. Oh, fancy. Did I lose them? I lost them. Oh, I have one here. Um, All right. So as I look for the other one, you tell me if you want... Uh, a story about the lottery or a story about sudden and weird violence?
1: Ooh. Um, well, I feel like every day I've won the lottery. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go uh, sudden and weird violence. All right. So let's see if I can find that. Uh, um... You do find the best stories. All I was right, looking through so... some of our old episodes. I saw that one about like the turkeys that got loose and... <laughs>
0: All right. So your sudden and random violence, which this will then this will be a nice dovetail into the discussion about the shining. Yeah. Uh, headline here is Wisconsin man destroys own property after spat over toys. Um, <laughs> um, All right. Yeah. Uh, brief aside the other story was about a guy who won $1 on a scratch off ticket and decided to go down to the state lottery office Nashville of those oversized checks and they gave it to him so he nice. got to he got to pose with the $1 like thing and they did they treated him like he was like a big jackpot winner so they put <laughs> photos up on their social media of him and it's like and he He's like, well, he's like, I won. And then I guess there's a local frame uh, shop that's willing to frame his check for free. So, like, that's, you know,
1: yeah. I thought you were going to tell me that, like, he used that other dollar to go buy another lottery. No. you think that
0: would be the story, but no, he went down and got this oversized check that says (laughs) one dollar. It's like, you know, not all heroes wear capes. So, all right. Madison police say a thirty-four-year-old man, thirty-four-year-old man who thought his wife damaged his action figures, retaliated by taking an axe to the family's car, television, and laptop in the house. Uh, Madison police chief uh, uh, Mike Koval says that the man called the police just after 10 p.m. Sunday, told them he had too much to drink and overreacted about his action figures. Um, This is Wisconsin, not Ohio, and not Steve's house.
1: Uh, The
0: the man's name was not released. It's not Steve. Uh, He was arrested and faced a charge of disorderly conduct and felony damage to the property. Police say he caused more than $5,000 in damages. Uh, He struck the car's windshield so hard with the axe that it got stuck. So he, he misunderstood, I guess, he believed his action figures, which they... There's a couple stories I've seen. They don't clarify what this means. He thought his wife messed with him, so he got mad and destroyed like a computer, a TV, all this stuff with an axe, and then wedged an axe so hard to his car that they had to pull it like with the windshield. That they had to they had to forcibly pull it out. But after he realized his error, he called the police and said, "Hey, this is what I did," and they arrested him. It's like, you know, I want to say good on him for realizing that maybe he overreacted. Yeah, but you really overreacted to something. I don't know what's going on there. So, yeah. His action figures, he thought thought they were damaged, so he decided to damage other things.
1: Yeah, I I guess I don't understand that. It's, you know, it's like uh, thinking that, you know... You lost your your job, so you're gonna go burn your house down. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, and you I, got
0: fired. I guess I'm gonna go spend all my money in the same night. Like, yeah. That yeah. Would be,
1: I don't understand I, the I don't thought know. process there. And like, I'm curious to know what he thought happened to his his action figures, <laughs> and also like what his action figures are actually worth. Like,
0: what if it was just a bunch of rock lords, and he was yeah, like, I mean,
1: who? <laughs> who touched my rock lords? And I it mean, just
0: turns out it was just actually a separate rock that was in the driveway that he, you know, th- there, that was dis- <laughs> it was not disguised as a robot.
1: I mean, there was a period from probably like, I don't know, age uh, 18 to... Uh, it hasn't happened recently, but I'll say now, uh, yep. that I would invite friends over and then at some point actually find my action figures engaging in different lurid sexual <laughs> positions uh, mm. while I was out of the room. But uh, I can respect that. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've, I've had this conversation with my wife, like, uh, you know. Don't I, touch my stuff. No. That's like, I- <laughs> <laughs> like I, I've had the conversation with her that, you know, like, they're just things. If I had to sell them tomorrow to get, like, a heart surgery or something. I always come up with these, like, extravagant things. Like, I'm going to need no, a no, kidney or something. No, you're raising the bar pretty high. Because you know? if
0: it's just like, if I sell them tomorrow for a sandwich, I'm not doing
1: that. <laughs> no, but Those I'm always like. a really
0: good sandwich.
1: You know, if we're ever in dire straits or whatever. And it's not like I've got some sort of, like. I mean, I have a decent collection. But it's not like I'm sitting on, you know. a uh, Boba Fett with uh, J. Slot, you know, firing rocket. See, I you now know what
0: that is from the Toys of the Men. Yeah. yeah.
1: It, it's not like I have something that's incredibly worth something, but I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine getting to that level of anger uh, and, like, taking an axe to your own car, laptop, yeah. and TV. Because those are all expensive items. Yeah, like,
0: I value them. You know, like, you
1: know, like it'd be yeah. like, one thing if he was like, I went downstairs and, you know, ripped up the bath mat. Like, <laughs> okay, it's a bath mat, you yeah. know, or...
0: That sounds oddly specific, Steve. When did you get mad and rip up a bath <laughs> mat, you know?
1: You're like, one, of my, my,
0: one of my best men, Luke's got messed up. <laughs> I had to go
1: tear up my bath mat. It's my secret shame.
0: Yeah. I had this guy, he just walks out his basement, who's like, who broke my bluegrass Silverhawks figure... <laughs>
1: I mean, I I, I, now don't have the complete set anymore. I can understand being anal retentive about your collection, but I don't understand enacting violence upon things that you own. I mean, I guess, hey, I guess that's better than like, you know, him going out and hitting somebody physically, but yeah,
0: like, but what if his collection, like, what if you found out it was just like, like, just a shitty collection? Like, what if it was like, like half the California raisins and it was like. But it was like, you know, not even the good ones, you know, like not even the with like the, the saxophone. You're like, who messed up most of my California Raisins collection? There will be hell to pay.
1: Like, you know. <laughs> I, I i have nothing to say to that because now i'm just imagining like i wonder what california raisin figures go for these <laughs> days
0: yeah like I just, be great. it's like you know, all of my muscle wrestlers all three of them why did you why did you mess them up you know so <laughs> all right anyway and i can just keep referencing things it'd be amazing all right so enough about news um i guess after talking about um not understanding sudden and, and severe violence yeah, yeah we'll, just, we'll just pivot into the shining And now for our feature presentation. So I had mentioned this to Steve as a topic a while ago, and it wasn't necessarily the shining per se. It was more the idea of, you know, we talk about a lot of different types of things on the show uh, to varying degrees of success. Um, But there's things that we love and there's things that we don't like. But then there's, there's tends to be things that just and just as a fan of things, there's going to be stuff that you like and there's stuff that you don't like, but then you'll find that there's sometimes something that you don't like that is greater, that is embraced greatly by the, the, the world around. And maybe, you know, you're just like, you don't understand why, or you're like, you know, this isn't for me. And so the shining, the film, uh, the Stanley Kubrick film, that's always been kind of that thing for me where um, people hold this up as this masterpiece and they, one of the greatest horror films I've ever made. It, I've, I've never felt that way about it. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into my reasons why, and then we'll talk more about that in a second. I just figured it'd be interesting just from a... and Doing this show for, what, almost like three and a half, four years now, and I know you've been doing it for over a year with me. Um, I never want to just hate cast about something. Right. It happens. I get on my tears, and I just talk stupid about things. But uh, learning, especially, and I know I, I will say this often, we we, we say this often. El uh, Gorov of talk without rhythm. He always strives to find the inherent good and in something and quality and worth, and he he finds a lot more in things that I don't like. That I can be like, wow, you found something there, and I and and good to him, like good for him. And I I can never sometimes approach that headspace, mm. but he's he's always he doesn't know, but he's always kind of challenged me to find that same good not imme- not immediately dismiss something because eh, i don't like it like is it because i don't like it or is it because i'm not giving its proper uh, time and space mm-hmm. so this is one of those ones that i know of it's always been kind of lurking in the back of my head to revisit and recently the cleveland cinemas had a midnight showing of it and i couldn't make it but i was going to set time aside to watch it again to see how i felt about it sure so I had mentioned the idea to you, and I thought, you're going to bring a piece of media that's different. But you're like, no, no, no Shining works. So I'm like, oh, so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so just kind of on the topic of what you're saying about hate casting, like, um, I think of, you know, who I was in my younger days. And I, I did. I was, you know, pre-internet. I was one of those people who probably spent too much time bitching about the things that I didn't like and not enough time talking about the things that I liked. Um, and I've realized that as I've gotten older, like, you know, I can critically approach things. I can talk about things that I disliked or why I think thing does, things don't work. But the reality of it is, is that, like, why not spend that time focusing on things that do make me happy as opposed to what doesn't? Um, and I, I saw, like, a, a, um, a tweet uh, over the weekend from a writer who was like, you know, there seems to be a call within particularly um, – And I don't ever consider myself a reviewer. I don't consider myself a professional in any sense of the word when it comes to reviewing materials, even as a podcaster. Like, I enjoy conversation. That's why I'm here. But when it comes to, like, actual critics and folks who are reviewing things, you know, uh, he was like, you know, there's always this call for, like, you know, focusing on the good. And, you know, if you do negatively review something that everybody likes you know you're focused as you know uh, spreading hate and he's like you you can't have it both ways i can't be a reviewer who and i'm paraphrasing here but it was essentially like i can't give an honest opinion about something and still be you know loving everything or, or focusing on the things i love if i didn't typically enjoy this thing or um, and I'm not doing him service, but it was essentially along the lines of like, you know, I have to tell you what I think for good or for bad. I have to tell you what I think of things. And if it's if it's being deemed as being a negative voice in the industry, like, I don't know how to get around that.
0: Well, I think there's a difference um, between like stating an opinion about why you didn't like something. Right. And saying, here's the reasons why. Um, versus this being like, um, and I know I don't know if we've talked about this in the show. We probably have, but like that that YouTube series, um, Cinema Sins. It just it, that shit drives me crazy. Yeah. Where it's like everything wrong with everything, and it's like everything wrong with Spider Man Homecoming, and it's like you shut your mouth. But
1: um, <laughs> everything wrong with your pants. Wait,
0: what? What? Yeah, everything wrong with your mom. Uh, but it, 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 they go through, and it's like supposed to be a joke, but it's like they're not really. I think it's we had this conversation about what's constitutes a plot hole, right? Yeah. But there's that 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 sudden like. Like off to the side where it's like and it's something we'll keep running into where uh my co-host on strange highways uh, Kevin had mentioned at one point here heard somebody say that uh something something can't possibly be the greatest thing at like of all time and then it but something can't not all things are are um are either the greatest or the worst yeah. like things are going to fall on a spectrum right so i think saying that if someone's like if i say something that is a negative like review of something i i think you could have uh that kind of talk, but not be speaking from a place of negativity. Right. Uh, and I think a lot now it's, we have so much at our, our fingertips that it's easy to immediately, immediately just flick off things and be like, nope, don't like it, don't like it, don't like it. Yeah. And not really consider either, uh, what's it trying to do? Is it worth our time? Is it worth us changing our approach to it? And, you know, like, do we understand the context of what it, take, it took to make it? you right. know? And so, The Shining you know like well,
1: that's uh, you know going going back to to that that yeah. point that i was trying to make about review versus uh just talking about something and why you don't like it like there's there's uh, and I, I don't like the term hot takes i know that you don't like the term hot takes um, here's
0: a hot take I th- I'm okay with it <laughs> oh okay <laughs> like, well I guess I was wrong no I just I, uh, I do use them ironically just to be like here's your hot take and I give <laughs> I give opinion penny that's like 15 years old and be like you know I don't know I well
1: just, a lot of times people's hot takes are just reasons or ways for them to say they don't like something without any putting thought behind it it is yes, my feeling I, I, I,
0: I, I agree that is a well reasoned uh, Luke, like room temperature take okay. i like that
1: <laughs> but uh you know approaching this you know um and i'll go into a little bit of my background with the film uh once we get into the meat of it but um you know i i don't know really how to present my argument in a critical fashion, because there's nothing here that I can point to and immediately point to as being the thing that I don't either agree with or that didn't connect with me. Um, Well, and that's, you know, once we get into, like I said, the heart of the conversation, you know, there's different places where it's going to go. And there are certainly things that I don't like, but I don't know that I can, I guess there are all things that we can, we can talk about that we all can consider as far as being a bad film or um it, it also feels weird in the light of like last week where like I was talking about Neil Breen and like it's kind of lovable because it's bad. Yeah well you're right. The- but this is a you know what many consider to be a masterpiece <laughs> like and here have- it is that I'm like <laughs> One week extolling the genius of Neil Breen's films, or one film that I've seen, yeah. and now I'm shitting on The Shining.
0: <laughs> yeah, we have a 20 minute discussion about Neil Breen, and we're going to be like, Kubrick hack. And move yeah. on. No, 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 um, no. No. It, so it, it would be like if like so. So my wife loves. She loves seafood. I am not a seafood guy. We, if we let, what if I took her to the the best seafood restaurant around and said I hey. believe
1: that's the Red Lobster. There
0: is the Red Lobster. I um well, I, like you know, McDonald's has, McDonald's has a filet of fish. It's not bad. I don't know. Also, there is there's a seafood restaurant. I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's pretty high class called Long John Silvers.
1: Oh yeah, I hear they, they have the hush puppy. They have
0: they when whenever your menu has and more attached to it, you have my attention. <laughs> that's a quality place. Um yeah anyway so what if i took her to like a place that's not long john silver's that's you know a l- little lesser than long john silver's but let's yeah. say it's a good seafood restaurant uh and she'll be over the moon about whatever she orders i don't like seafood so you could bring me the most like wonderful like love and cared and like properly prepared and like everything that, that on the plate is supposed to be the way it is and it's supposed to be a delight. If I don't like seafood, no matter how wonderful this thing that's presented in front of me that nine out of ten people would absolutely lose their mind over, I'm going to have a hard time getting through. Okay. Just because of my, you know, so I feel like I think I think we can appreciate if something is, is well done. Um, I guess seafood shouldn't be well done. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know seafood. If it doesn't have hush puppies and batter, I don't really pay attention. If if it's not fish and stick form, you lose me. But,
1: but what about shrimp? Do you like battered shrimp? I don't,
0: I like batter. I just, I'm not a shrimp guy. I don't know. I (laughs) just, I didn't, I don't know what it is. Like I try, I have really, really tried, and this is not the
1: conversation I wanted to
0: get to. I've really tried. We
1: talk about uh, everything.
0: We talk about everything else. Um, I really try to give seafood a chance. I just I try to understand what I'm what I'm eating, so I don't have that initial like meh kind of feel. Yeah. It's also like kind of how I appro- uh, pr- approach sushi. Like there's some that I can get behind. There's some I'm like that's a bridge too far. I can what that that's a kraken? I do not want that in my mouth. You know like <laughs> you know um, so uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think I think we can still say you know I can appreciate the plating. I can pre- appreciate the presentation and the craft that went into this. I'm. It just. This isn't for me. So well, I can see that.
1: That's the closest analogy that yeah. I can come up with. Um, is for me specifically, like the Rolling Stones, are a band that I don't really like their music, but I understand why people do. I understand why they're considered to be like rock gods. I understand. I. I get it. I understand why people like them. Mm-hmm. They're just not my cup of tea. You okay, know. I think that's a, a fair
0: um, equation. Like, um, yeah, there's there's things out there that I, could, that I could appreciate. Like, uh, um, like one of my friends from college thinks Aerosmith's like the greatest American rock band, and I'm like, is it? Like, <laughs> like, like you know, like I, I like, I, I appreciate Aerosmith, there's a lot I like about it. I'm like, but they aren't like, you know. The thing I hold at the very top, you know, but mm-hmm. that's fine. You know, like everyone's opinion, you can like what you like. You can love what you love for the reasons that you love it. And I think that's been something here on the, you know, we've talked about this throughout the entire course of the show, but there are just some times where it's like the rational part of my brain can be like, wow, I can, you know, this is probably something that I should be into. And then, but then there's that lizard part of my brain. It's like, no.
1: Like, I don't like it. Like, well, I mean, you know, on that same focus, yeah. uh, you know, there can also be the opposite effect of that, especially... The breed you know, effect. It, well, no, like, uh, if there's something that everyone loves and you don't get it, like, you know, it can almost be off-putting that everyone else loves it and you don't get it. Like, for instance, I know now, I understand now why my friends in, in college and beyond aren't big Metallica fans because I was the biggest Metallica fan and everything to me was the greatest thing ever. And like, I kind of get now where they're like, yeah, it's fine for me and you make me listen to it and you tell me how great it is. I get it. It's great for you. It's the, it's, you know, like for a long time, I just I honestly could not connect the dots where I'm like, why, why do people? Why does not everybody think that Master of Puppets is the greatest song ever? Or you know, why is why is it that people don't think that James Hetfield is the the best lyricist ever? Or like I I just couldn't connect the dots. Like for the longest time, I was like, I just want to why believe you're it? staring at a
0: chalkboard, and just trying to like do the I math had a string theory like... out
1: and like yeah, um, so. You know, it took me a very long time to come to the conclusion that also that my love can also bring out not hate, but well, it no, can someone's also love put of something off. can
0: also cause yeah. off putting, like so. Uh, working at blockbuster formerly co-owned by Viacom I believe uh there was a co-worker I had that I her and I just never got along we always butted heads just one of those things where it got to the point to where the best way to manage us was to schedule us for like opposite shifts so we do like <laughs> we do like the sheepdog and uh, the wild coyote thing where it's like morning Ralph morning so and so and then we just yeah. like punch in punch out and then not talk to each other because we weren't see it was fine
1: at that point but so it wasn't like there was some sort of burning sexual tension behind no head, no no, or, no, like, no 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 I mean it was just genuine I know, dislike I
0: mean I know that I'm, I'm I'm, I'm I'm a catch, you know. But though no, it wasn't it was just one <laughs> no. It's just one of those things that you, you used to like there's there's people in my life that like I may not agree with and we have we don't see eye, to eye on stuff, but I can get along to get along. Yeah. But it's like working in a retail environment where you have like a staff of six, just there's a certain point where it's like you hit a wall and there's no getting around it. So it's like yeah. just separate us. Like it was better that way, and it was fine at that point. But anyway, her favorite movie of all time is The Godfather and it's like and I had not seen it and it was one of those things because that it was like the greatest thing in the world to her I, there was just this like this burning fuse in me of like I'm never I'm never
1: watching The
0: <laughs> like, and so it's like one of those things where I'm like I'm holding it against you that I'm not watching <laughs> like what people consider one of the greatest movies ever made you know and so you know many years later actually it was about two years ago I finally sat down and watched it phenomenal film but it's like there was always that coloring of yeah uh, you
1: associate it with that person yeah
0: so yeah. so Sometimes someone loving something can be like, I'm good, you know, yeah. but the opposite of that's true too, where like, I'll see like, like people are excited now for game of Thrones coming back. Right. And uh, so I see Facebook posts, everybody like, you know, excited for all this, but then there's like that one person that I see here. So often I know it's, him, and my friends are just like never seen an episode. Don't play. I'll see an episode. Don't see the big deal. It's like, you don't need to point at yourself at the thing you're not watching. Yeah, that's fine. If you don't have interest in it, cool I I can't tell you to watch something I'm, I'm not going to force you to watch something but to point out that you're that guy you know that I'm like I've never seen that it's like
1: you know oh, well that I mean the classic example of that is I've never seen Star Wars and I don't need to
0: yeah that's it, like, the that kind okay, of thing it's well, like that's, well I mean you know you've made that decision yeah. and that's fine I'm not gonna you know maybe you would like it you know but maybe you won't
1: so but, yeah. Do you want to know the one weird thing about Game of Thrones and me? And I realize we're going is way off topic. Is it
0: the one weird trick that you should know? Yeah.
1: No, it's it's the fact that like I can retain knowledge about numerous comic books that I've read. Uh, <laughs> numerous Star Wars movies, comics, books, um, horror films, whatever. I cannot keep names and places in Game of but Thrones But they, the pla-
0: they show you the I map every episode. It's always like, my, you know, it's we always... We were talking about
1: it last night, and my wife was talking about... She was looking at Thinky because there was a sale going on, and she was like, oh, look at this. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it should have been blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? What?" And she's like, you know, that that place. And I'm like, you yeah, got to be more specific. I, like, I, I don't know, like... I, <sighs> I could tell you why Tatooine and Jakku are different, but, like, for whatever reason, I can't figure out what uh, King's Landing is different you, from. You could
0: tell me why Tatooine and Dantooine are different, too? Yeah. You
1: know, I, I just, I don't, I, I, for whatever reason, I can't retain names and places in Game of Thrones for some reason, unless it's like Khaleesi or the mountain or somebody who's very specifically tied to the story. But it's like, no, oh, I, it's.
0: I get lo- uh, the same thing. I, I agree, but it's like, you know, I mean,. But uh, th- that's fair. Like, that- that's a fair thing. And considering that, and that's actually a good jumping off point for this because that's a book series translated into a physical media that people have their following and their love of that I series.
1: we're going to talk about the Shining. That's at some what point. I was about to get to
0: because um, <laughs> I've been thinking about that actually. Because like I was talking about this work with a coworker of mine, as opposed to just a random person that was there. That'd be weird. About how we're covering the Shining and how you know the book versus the movie. And I said, there's a lot of people I know that like you know will hold one or the other in high regard, but it's like, for someone like me, I've not read the Game of Thrones books. I'm sorry. The Song of Ice and Fire. Um, not because I, not, I have any reason against it. Just just I haven't done it. Um, but I've enjoyed the TV series so much, and, and the people that have read the books are like, but you're missing all this. It's like, I don't know what I don't know, and I yeah. enjoy what's been presented to me. So uh, there, there might be, there's probably more people, well, I don't know how the numbers work out, and I don't have facts to back this up. More people probably have seen The Shining than have read the book. At this point, I would think, I mean, maybe, I mean, I know it's kind of a toss up because I mean, the book has been out there just as, as long as the movie pretty much. And it was, uh, one of the, like the first hardcover Stephen King books, he, it was his third published book. And it was the one that he had done carry in Salem's lot. And this is the one that everybody kind of let everybody know. Like yeah, he's here to stay and he's writing interesting horror fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was a big deal. But I still think that the movie overshadows the book by a great by a great reach. Cause I think Kubrick, you know, for for what he is, I mean, and again completely uneducated here i've seen a couple of his movies not as well versed in everything so take what i'm about to say with a grain of salt i think that his his name is bigger maybe in filmdom in a lot of ways than maybe Stephen king is in writing maybe you know and, and, and in particular well, in terms of crafting but i think Stephen king in terms of of what he's done and the lane that he's been in even though he's expanded over the years pop culture wise people know him you know, but I, I just I think, but people people talk about Kubrick almost in hushed tones at times about what he was able to do as a filmmaker.
1: Right. Um, I I I don't know. And again, I, I hate to put it this way because I, I I'm at a point where I don't read the way I used to. I I honestly, if you asked me to pick out a comic, or I'm sorry, something that wasn't either a comic or a
0: the back of a hostess pie wrapper. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, most of my reading is, it's based in um, either news or um, uh, process. Um, yeah,
0: just whatever, like work-related or books, art or whatever. Writing yeah. books, uh, things
1: yep. like about creating things. Um, I I don't know if there's somebody who's bigger than, than Stephen King and it's been that way for forty years. No, I. Years? I like, you're right. So I mean, maybe, maybe but my argument is. Maybe there is. There is. I maybe, mean,
0: my argument may not be valid. But I'm just thinking in terms of like when you. <laughs> I mean they're separate worlds. I get it, but like I, I still think
1: I can't give a strong argument one way or the other. I, I think I think
0: it's more approachable for someone to sit down and watch a two-hour movie than it is to read a book. So I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe, because a
1: lot of his books are like two thousand pages. That's, well. that's 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 also fair.
0: But I, I think so. The average person like that may not read a lot. Maybe that's. They, I feel like this movie's maybe like well for the fact. Okay, I know I know you have not seen uh, the film Ready Player One, and you
1: know here, nor have here. I read the book.
0: <laughs> it's, don't don't, <laughs> don't don't do it, Paul. Don't do it. So, all right. So anyway, here, like Do you know why they are called spoilers? Wow. Um in, in the movie, Ready Player One, they're trying to find like the, the crux of both the movie and the book, they're trying to find these keys to win this thing and all this shit, right? I believe so, they're called
1: Easter eggs. Whatever.
0: Um so the second key in the movie is had, uh, revolves around an artist that didn't like it, like the part of his art or something and they all devise eventually That's every artist. yeah right <laughs> i'm not happy with the last 59 measures put up but uh <laughs> Um, something about like, you know, the, this thing's hidden in, in uh, a piece of like art that the artist didn't or the creator didn't like. And they they finally all suss out that they mean The Shining, that they have to find the second key in the Overlook Hotel and they all go there because, you know, every teen in the future knows about The Shining. So there's this whole set piece that's set in The Overlook. Um, Where you have these guys and their avatars that are from Ready Player One trying to go through to find things. And one of the characters um, doesn't like scary movies and doesn't like it. So so they don't know the horrors of the overlook. So when they see the the little girls, he's like, oh, hey, little girls, what's going on? And it just gets more and more ridiculous. But it's like one of those things where it – you know, Spielberg chose to put that in the movie. This was not in the book. Okay. Spielberg worked, worked with Kubrick or picked up the reins to finish AI. So you know he knows him. Yeah. It seems like an odd choice to put that in there and specifically point out that Stephen King doesn't like the film adaptation of The Shining mm-hmm. and to make it a plot point. Well, I do think it's famously point. known that that's it is. that's.
1: I think that's one of the few or only ones that he's ever like publicly came out and been like,
0: yeah. I, so if, the other one, uh, he there's varying degrees of success with Stephen King adaptations in the film, and a lot of it he can just be like, well, you know, they did their thing, that's that, you know. And some of it, there's there's some shit out there. Don't get me wrong. Well, I um, feel
1: like his his attitude is, for the most part, always been like, my books are always going to be here. If you yeah. don't like the movie, great. Read my book, you know, or vice versa. Like the books are always going to be their own thing, and they're all they'll always be there.
0: Yeah. So the big thing, the other one was the Lawnmower Man, the short story that they they used the name only, and then made the movie The Lawnmower one Man. Of the few
1: they, movies I've ever fallen asleep during. Yeah. In the theater. Um,
0: they called uh they you know they called the movie Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man. Yeah. He's like he's like that isn't my story like <laughs> at all. So they he eventually sued to get his name taken off of it. That's that 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 is loosely like because oh there's a guy with a lawnmower. He's a man. That's it. That's about all there was. So yeah. so the big thing and I did some reading about this and this brings my my approach into this uh, and I know I keep dragging my feet about it is that me reading Stephen King as a kid growing up. And that was like the big thing was that these are grown up books. And I was like in middle school reading the shit. I read, I read the Stand in middle school. I read it in middle school. I think I read the shining then too. So there's a lot there that probably went over my head, but I was just crushing these books. And I felt like this was my, one of those things that defined me was reading these books. And it was a connection with my mom. Cause she saved all of them. She thought my older brother would be the reader. She was wrong. Uh, and so like, I just, I just, this was like his world. I, I was encompassed with it. So whenever I found out, um, that the, the Kubrick film, he was never really a fan of, I kind of, I don't know why I felt that like, well, if the guy that does all the things I love doesn't like the thing that was, you know, it doesn't like that, then I don't like it either. I don't know why in my head it clicked. I'm like, well, he must have reason to not like it. So it's already on shaky ground for me. And then I watched it when I was younger and I, you know, I just felt like a lot of what made the book work was just ripped out of the film. Mm-hmm. And so I've always kind of been like, yeah, not so much. Um, so that was me coming into it. Uh, I, and, and, and so we'll start with you and then we'll... we'll yeah, uh, yeah, I
1: realize that, you know, we're probably 20 minutes into the main feature and we haven't really stated like either our past with it or... Uh, and that's my fault. But like, um, just to give you a little background... Uh, my first viewing of the shining uh, was I believe my senior year of high school dating a girl uh, we went to the, your typical scenario we went to rent a movie and she was like oh have you ever seen the shining no I haven't seen it we rent it um and I watch it and I'll be honest you know to what my tastes were at the time I can honestly say that like oh I, I probably didn't see what i i would see at in it as an adult like mm-hmm. i'll give you another example um Candyman is a film that i've revisited as an adult that like didn't really gel with me when i was in high school where i watch it now and i'm like wow this is a powerful film and it's it's a wonderful sp- wonderful film uh, uh and i don't want to go into a conversation about candy man <laughs> i'm gonna leave it at that to stop um, saying the name yeah. stop it <laughs> but knowing who I was like to give you reference that same girl I believe I took her to see Jason goes to hell so you know where my tastes are um and then you went out for for Jason
0: mask shaped burgers later because you can get two out of them out of one if you just cut the holes out of the patty
1: one of them is about uh you know Jason Voorhees body jumping another one is a Stephen King book adapted by Stanley Kubrick like it tells you a little bit about who I was at that time um and for whatever reason at the time i've always associated a with that person um b the fact that it didn't strike me uh as i was to be perfectly honest i was kind of bored with it when i watched it um and i realized it's heresy um and i couldn't get on with i I couldn't find a likable character and that's maybe a little unfair because what uh, about
0: tony what about Tony?
1: <laughs> well, I, I I was gonna say Scatman Crothers, Scatman but Crothers. Uh, you know he's likable. Don't get me wrong, um, but uh, that may also have been just the fact that he was jazz on the Transformers. Just, um, it just seems
0: like a generally warm person, yeah. You know, like, yeah.
1: Uh, but I I couldn't find an entrance into the family dynamic or anybody that I I mm-hmm. liked, and that's a big piece of it for me. Um, so revisiting it with that in mind, that brings us to current day. At the time, <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a slasher film. It wasn't. Uh, uh, it wasn't flashy. It, it is in some respects when you look at the actual filmmaking of the film, but. For who I was at the time that I watched it, it wasn't what I would have looked for in a horror film. We'll put it that way.
0: Well, and so I feel like with with me just talking about how Hereditary had a snub for the Oscars, yeah. I feel like a lot of its bones are 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 made from uh, The Shining okay. in, in a lot of ways, right? Like, uh, and so and then like the 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 new Suspiria. Film, uh, which you know, I've still not seen the original. I, I will see it this year, but I, the the this remake that came out. I, I use the word remake loosely because I know there's a, not a lot, bet- like sh- that those movies share. Um, there's something about how it deliberately had a feel of a seven late '70s like film with its pacing, and just how like the horror kind of like seeped out the edges. And like seeing that film and being entranced by it, I'm like, and then now watching The Shining, and I'm like, holy shit, I can see where people get a lot of of what they like about these type of films because I Suspiria knocked me out, um, Hereditary. I just over the moon about, right. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm more not that I've not been ready for a, you know, a smarter uh, take on this type of thing. and I, and I don't want to use the term of like, you know, we, we joked about this previously uh, on this show, and then we'll talk about that rhythm about elevated horror. I don't like that take. I think horror can be horror. You can have like this is like, you know, different levels of comedy, different levels of drama, right. So
1: I only like highbrow. Uh,
0: yeah, I just just the more dry. And more British, 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 the better. No. Um, so I was like, you know, this is, has to be the chance for me to sit down, just kind of sweep away what I was thinking about this film and sit down and watch it again. Um, So uh, the, the, watching it now makes me realize that I, I'm i sure I watched it as a kid. I'm sure my mom watched it, like, you know, w- w- you know growing up as I was growing up. I didn't remember a lot about it there's the iconic moments in it. Obviously the, you know, here's Johnny, the run through the snow driven hedge maze. Um, you know, there's bits in there, the, the hallway that fills full of blood with elevator doors open. Like there's some iconic, just things that just stick out. Right. Um, naked lady, naked bathtub lady. Uh, yeah. I distinctly do remember the bit with Shelly Duvall taking Danny and letting him like slide down the side of the hotel. Uh, when he was escaping, I remember that watching that as a kid. So I'm, I've, seen this movie. It's just, there's just so much that it was like seeing with fresh eyes. Um, and I was just taken aback by just the sheer craftsmanship of the film. Uh, which I, have always kind of had a begrudging relationship with what Kubrick I've seen. Not because I, it's not because I don't understand. I mean, there's maybe things in there's levels and things that I'm not considering, but I think 2001 is a beautiful film. It loses me towards the end. I, it probably loses a lot of people. Maybe I'm not thinking hard enough about it, but Whatever the middle section of that film is phenomenal. Uh, I I watched Doctor Strangelove the first time as a grown up, like the well, first time ever, a few years ago. It's a highly entertaining film. It's really funny. Peter Sellers is amazing in it. And I've so so the, my Kubrick knowledge. Barry Lyndon, I saw it once. I am impressed by the fact that he used all natural lighting, but that movie can I just did not like it at all. You can go you can go whatever. Try not to hate cast. Well, I mean,
1: but. you know, I I would say that the Kubrick film that I've probably seen the most of is Full Metal Jacket.
0: I saw that once. I don't remember other than it being disturbing when I was like, you know, it's watching
1: disturbing. It. But I mean, I would say that, like, very much like your comparison with 2001, I would say the first half of that movie is what you watch it for. Yeah, the second half is OK. Um, but literally, all the boot camp stuff is is where most of the interest of that film is, and it's certainly the most icon- iconic piece of. Uh, and I think that's what people that think of film. with that film. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, so yeah, like so, my, my 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 knowledge of Kubrick isn't the deepest, but I have some experience with it. Mm-hmm. And after you know watching stuff critically for the past couple of years for the show and for other things that I've done. Just there's there's bits in this film that are just utterly amazing to me. Like I – and after watching it and then reading up on it, realizing what they were doing still blows my mind because I still don't understand how they did half of it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, just some of the long tracking shots following behind people uh, or when Danny's on his little trike running around. It's like it's crazy. And then because at the time I was like, how could they have made those shots possible? And then they realized it's one of the first films to use a cam like that but
1: it goes on for a good long so time. So good and, and the sound. The sound
0: work in that's crazy. Like there's there's really good moments and there's a lot of these like nice long like like panning shots of them walking through the the lobby and then like the Colorado room and like all this stuff how it kind of just with all this action in the foreground and in the background like it's it's the stuff that if you watch film for film you just eat it up and it, it's 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 something to behold. Like there it's, I it's think,
1: amazing in that sense. I think that's why people love it. Mm-hmm. Um, I I there's not one thing that I can say visually bad about this film. Like there's there's nothing that I could pick out and say like, oh, you know
0: Shelley Duvall's screaming face.
1: <laughs> and uh, <laughs> no, but and I'm Jack saying,
0: Nicholson's crazy face.
1: <laughs> I'm saying that like,
0: and like Lloyd's. Like, I'm in a coma, but I look like I'm just, like, gagging face. All the faces in this film.
1: <laughs> Technically, the film is superb. From the sound design to the way it's shot. Like, there's there's nothing that I can, you know... And that's why I said that, like, this really isn't a review. There's nothing there that I could, like, point to and be like, oh, I don't like that. Like, because it's all extremely well done. It's yeah. a gorgeous-looking movie. Um, and the... <laughs> And I realize that it's part of the 70s decor, but there's almost an otherworldliness, and I, I realize it's also in the 80s when I say 70s decor, but like when you look at that film, like there's a look to it as far as the way the hotel is furnished and the Just patterns. Like the patterns and the colors. Yeah. And, yeah, everything is very much of that world, and... and uh, you know, the, I'm not a fan of The Shining, but I will say that uh, there's that sweater of the floor pattern. I don't know yeah. if you've seen yeah. Like, I, I kind of almost want to get one of those <laughs> just because yeah. I'm like, it's so trippy and weird. And, no, um, they're, they're,
0: you're right. There's elements there that are just like, it's just it exists in this time. And there's iconic,
1: yeah. you know, things that you talked about, like, uh, you know, here's Johnny, Jack Nicholson coming through the door or the elevators opening up with the blood or... Um, Which to
0: say, the, the, the teaser trailer for that film... It is unlike anything else, where it just shows that corridor and it has like the text on the screen, and then slow motion, those doors open up on the elevator, and the blood just comes spilling out and pushing all the furniture, and it just ends up hitting the the camera and causing everything to go to black. That is phenomenal. Yeah. And then to find out, like it's something else that we don't realize in this day and age that like, oh yeah, you could just blah 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 and make it happen. No, just the amount of thought that had to go into that is just I can't even process. It's good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um and when I I watched the film again, uh, what it came down to is is that like I don't really feel like a and you can make the argument that yes Jack Nicholson has an arc but I don't feel like he does. <laughs> um and I don't feel like he's yeah. I, I don't know how to put this I I mentioned before that like. For me, one of the big draws for any story is character. I have to, in some way, either like, despise enough, or there's got to be a connection to the character for me. Yes. Um, I never get there with Nicholson. I think it's a wonderful performance by Nicholson, but like I could say that of other performances he's given and say that I like those characters or I can identify with those uh, his You're talking about the
0: Joker and Batman, aren't you? No, well,
1: I was <laughs> gu- I was gonna say one flew over the Cuckoo's nest. He's um, wonderful in, um, or even his portrayal of the devil in the Witches of Eastwick, which I haven't revisited in a while. But like, he's wonderful in that. Um, there are great performances by him, and I'm not saying that this is anything to do with his performance, but the character starts out an asshole and ends as an asshole. In yes. my opinion,
0: that so it, here I am. Like I was trying to do the the sweet before the sour. Um, Watching this film after well, yeah, Shovel- I was too, but you're, no, 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 no. Uh, like, you're, you're, you're getting to the thing here. So, um, my takeaway from this film is that it's worthy of me watching again, just from a technical standpoint of me, just like trying to understand what they did and just trying to let the film kind of exist. Right. Um, your statement of Jack Torrance, you know, being an asshole and staying an asshole, absolutely and that is my biggest frustration with this film so the, the thing that gets me and people can argue that that you know he was already kind of a monster getting in here and this place is you know you 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 cage an animal and he stalks around the cage and has nowhere to go it, it's like it's gonna you know he's going like whatever right like that's you you get the notion that it you I never once got him as a caring father I never no. once got him as a caring husband um it you know it just it was very frustrating to the me the only
1: thing that i got out of it is, is that he despises his family a little bit at the beginning and then despises them more and more well he
0: despises the film. his wife because she is a little scared of him because he had hurt the, her, their son yeah, and previously and so and, and they well th- i think
1: he also looks at him as a financial liability and a reason why he can't do what he wants to do that yeah. kind of thing
0: yeah so in the book and this then, then again your mileage may vary uh at least Jack Torrance is a character. He does have the anger issues. He does have, he has struggled with alcoholism, but it's like, you get the idea that he's like, you know what? I, these are things that I'm battling and I know that I'm battling. So the best case scenario is to get me completely removed from all potential alcohol. And so I can go work on writing and be with my, my, you know, wife and son, like, and, and, and go do this thing and have a job and have a purpose, but get away from everything. Um, and it, and so then over the course of the book, as, and this is something else that it's hinted at in the movie, and again, separate animal, I get it, but uh, Danny's shining ability or shinning or however you want to call it, um, <laughs> it, even though Halloran in the movie says, you know, you have this shine and this, you know, you'll see things in the hotel, but they're in the past, don't let them bother you. The book, it's more like his power is so much stronger than Halloran's that him existing in the hotel it's basically like the spark that lights the fire for this place. And it starts being like, what is this? And it starts like actively feeding and and getting more, more and more predominant powerful because of his, you know, his ability because the hotel, like it's the idea that like, you know, all haunted places are a battery that kind of store shit, you know? And so this place had so much bad that happened in the 20s and 30s that, you know, it's still kind of leaking out the edges. But Danny being there is just now making it come out to the forefront and the hotel. It knows it wants him. You okay, know?
1: I never get that connection. In that yeah.
0: World. And so because it can't get to him, it starts leading basically uh, Jack down this trail of we're going to consume him and use him to get the boy type of thing and like and so Stephen King publicly kind of never liked this film he never liked Jack Nicholson's casting he wanted Christopher Reeves to play the role of Jack Torrance that was one of his choices I with the with the different script I would have loved to have seen that because you have Superman you know this guy that you like and then he ends up being like, you know, a guy that ends up like, you know, wanting to murder his wife and child at the whims of this other power and, and alcoholism. I would have liked to have seen that. Mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> not Christopher Reeves actually attacking his family, you know, whatever. But you know what I mean? I, no, but I um, also
1: feel like as an actor, I would have liked to have seen him gotten to play something a role like, like that. But something yeah. really
0: meaty, right? So, um, yeah, so, so King never liked the casting. He didn't like some of the narrative decisions. Uh, and again, you know, you're 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 right when you say that there's a lot of times where he just kind of is like, well, that exists and this exists. But I feel like because his initial like I don't know about this kind of was out in public, it, it the, the two of them got tied together, like his you know dislike, and then the, the the legend of this movie kind of grew. And it wasn't it was it was successful when it came out, but it wasn't like as big. Like there's people at the time that didn't like it, and it was actually nominated for some Razzies uh, for worst director and um. Uh, was a, there's another person nominated too, I forget, but. So as time went on, King's public saying, you know, his, his disapproval of the film eventually led to where he's like, I want to do my own. I want to do my version of this. And he had to work out a deal where basically he couldn't come out in public and talk bad about it again. So he got the ability to actually make the shiny miniseries that was an ABC that Stephen Weber's Jack Torrance and Rebecca de Mornay as Wendy, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know if you've ever seen that or not.
1: I haven't. I can't great watching it. I but- mean, it, it's,
0: it's, it's OK. It's a TV budget. Yeah. Um, and the, the one of the big changes I like, though, is they switch the axe back to the roquet mallet, which is a bigger, like, croquet mallet. Mm-hmm. And Steven Weber, just there's just a bit where he lets loose on, on Rebecca De Mornay with that thing. And you're like, this is TV. I remember seeing that and having, like, to cover of my mouth, like, oh, my goodness, he just whopped her with that croquet mallet. Right? So, again, blood force trauma, I think, goes a lot further than an axe sometimes.
1: <laughs> so my, yeah. my question also is... Uh, In regards to character, when it comes to the character of Wendy, Mm -hmm. I feel like, uh, and again, this has nothing to do with Shelley Duvall's portrayal, but I feel like the character never really... She doesn't really have an arc either. No, she um, doesn't. Like and I, she's
0: at least you get the warmth with her when she's out playing with Danny, like the one time yeah. they go into the maze while it's still snow free. And you can see there's a genuine, you know, love there. And then later when they're playing in the snow, like you get the idea that she's capable of loving, and she has concern for her husband, but she's so like pacified by seeing the violence he's capable of that even whenever she's confronting him on the staircase, her swings with the bat don't really do anything. She got lucky yeah. and clocked him in the head. You well know? it's also no,
1: yeah the the scene where he's writing and she comes in and interrupts him. Mm. And I'm like I said to Kathy, because we watched it together, and I'm like Okay, I'm like, I don't know if this is him being affected by the hotel or if it's just that he's an <laughs> asshole. I'm like, I don't know where it actually begins yeah. that he is becoming affected by the hotel. I mean, you get the clear picture, obviously, because a few scenes later is when he first walks into the bar yeah. and has his discussion with the bartender. But at the same time, I'm like, is this him? Yeah, is it no, the hotel's right. effect on him? I don't know. And, and maybe it wouldn't change my perspective of the story, but... I, I just, I don't know. I, no, no, I know you're. That they're- you're
0: your, your reasoning is that my biggest frustration with this is that, and again, people could present me an argument that is, has valid and has worth that maybe that's not the point. But if this is supposed to be about a family putting through, like, you know, like after a bad stretch and now they're put through even more hell, I, and I keep coming back to hereditary, and I know it's, it's not fair, but I think it's valid where Tony Collette's character. Has been through hell and back with her mother and everything else. And even when she has her her eruption at the dinner table, like yelling at her son, uh, and then, you know, Gabriel Byrne the father, is just trying to keep everybody together. Even then, it's like you don't get the, the notion that she hates her son. It's just that there's so much other stuff that's built up. You know, yeah, but like,
1: you've also already got tons of context for that eruption.
0: Yes. And if it was just her from the get go being like, my mom's dead, screw you all. I'm yeah. <laughs> building tiny models. Like, you know, like that would be, I just, you're right. That's my biggest frustration with this is that, that, uh, Jack Nicholson's character of, of Jack, uh, Jack Torrance just never, he just, it, it just, if it's almost like he's just given license to be who he wanted to be to begin with. And if that's, And if that's the intent of this film and that's what they want to do, I I can't say that's wrong. I'm just not interested in that.
1: So my other question is, or a question I should say, um, in regards to not having read the book, is the racial component involving – um,
0: oh, when they had the uh, talk about uh, hollering in the um,
1: yeah in like, the bathroom—is that oh. from the book as well?
0: Maybe it's been it's been a very long time since I've read it, but it doesn't.
1: i so they, like, oh, you're definitely not winning me over with this conversation. Well, like. but
0: you got to consider too. Like, and I'm, not, I'm not justifying the conversation, but they talk about the Overlook happening in the 20s, like with a lot of the heyday of the Overlook. That you, it's, if this is like the the rich, you know, uh, the upper class coming. There's probably people there that aren't too keen on, you know, like racial equality. No,
1: I'm saying when the bartender goes to Jack when he's locked up in the, the, um, oh, in the storeroom? In the storeroom, and he, he uses the N word, and then like Jack Nicholson uses it back, like yeah. in this, like, disgusted manner. Like, again, I'm like, is, is this. Is, is this jack torrance or is this the hotel yeah style? i don't know if that you're is right it's it just i feel like either, either now- way it's not winning me over and i realize that like the context of it it's not supposed to be good it's not being used in a positive light yeah and it is supposed to but I, at the same time i'm like it adds more to the fact that like okay i still can't connect to this guy and this is another reason why i'm not so yeah
0: no you're right you're right i, I just i don't know like it's so um I'm sure I'm going to go down a rabbit hole because I started after watching the film because I wanted to watch it without context of additional information about the making of the film because I didn't want necessarily all of that because people – so there there's a documentary which I've not seen called Room 237 that explores all the different theories about – yeah.
1: So I, I started that a few months ago yeah. and I got about 10, 15 minutes in and I was like, all right, I haven't watched this movie in over 20 years so I need to – but like – the like craziness of where they were going with it, like mm-hmm. um, there's a baking soda in the pantry, Calumet, I believe, yeah. is the the brand. Um, there's a whole theory about that, and I'm like, okay, this is a far deeper like exploration yeah. of theory than I am comfortable with not having seen the movie in 20 years, so I stopped the documentary. So but that, it-
0: that's the thing I was about to mention, is that the, the teaser for the film shows a similar hallway that you saw from the teaser of The Shining, but it has a, a VCR, and I'm like, are you going to show me clips from the film? And I kept like fast-forwarding through the trailer, and eventually the VCR opens up and just spits blood out, and I'm like... Freaking kidding me. Like, I get that it's supposed to be like, (laughs) oh, this is the exploration of the film. But it's like, give me content, not reference, you know? But so I started going down this rabbit hole, reading about the film. And then also there's a guy, I don't have his name in front of me. He has these exhaustive, like, YouTube videos. And he's written all these articles about the symbology and different meanings of things. Some of it, I would argue... Is maybe you know you're so wrapped up in this you're going to find connections where you want to find connections, fine. But there's a lot of research that he's, he's done and using blueprints from the sets. But that's another thing too. I did not realize that the bulk of this film was shot on a soundstage. You would not know that. Like it is, it just blows my mind because mm-hmm. like just the way it's lit and the way yeah. it looks. The set design's amazing. And then just if you if you watch the movie and then you see the arguments that's being presented that the geography of the hotel makes no sense and the way things line up, make no sense. And they show you examples of why what you see doesn't add up. It's, it's interesting. And it's like, and they're like, would you think Kubrick would have done this on purpose? No shit. He did it on purpose. I get it. And it's so subtle that, I wonder in the theater, you'd have been like, oh, well, how can Danny be down that hallway when he's right beside the Colorado room? Because there shouldn't be rooms there. Cause it's the Colorado room. Like yeah. there's, or how the gold room, the ballroom, how it's so physically big that it doesn't match the dimensions of the overlook on the outside. Also the overlook itself, you see a mountain in the background. Um, that's not there when they go running through the hedge maze. Like there's just all this stuff that like any other film would have been like complete oversight, but it's to show you that this place doesn't make sense on purpose, and I appreciate that. I really, really do. There's some amazing things where they show you shot by shot how the Torrance's apartment, the layout doesn't match the hallways they're walking through, and how room room two thirty seven, the layout of that is exactly the same as the Torrance's apartment, and how there's a strong implication that Jack Torrance actually was the one that hurt his kid shortly there's that cutaway where he's on the bed talking to his son saying hey do you think i'd ever hurt you yeah and then they say you hear this loud spike in music and it just says wednesday and it's implied that that's when he strangled danny
1: Okay. and it's one
0: of those things where i'm like oh i didn't pick up on that watching the film um and knowing what i know about the book i kind of was like well i think that old lady strangled up in that bathroom it's implied through some different things that nicholson did that And then he had a dream where he ended up walking into that room and being accosted by the woman that turns into the hag. And it's him confronting his own violence that brought upon the kid. And that might be true. And the fact that Kubrick was smart enough to have a lot of these mirrorings, a lot of camera shots that are very similar and a lot of these different things to leave you to wonder what was going on is the sign of an amazing filmmaker. And it's the sign of a film that has immensely revisibility, that's not a word, but I could look at all the way the sausage was made, but if I don't like the flavor of the sausage, I don't think I'm going to be actively wanting platefuls of it. Yeah, I could appreciate the craftsmanship that went into it. I know I'm using, I must be hungry. I keep going back to food, but that's, (laughs) so so I'm not trying to be like, spoiler, I didn't like the film. No, I appreciate it. I just, with you, same with you, I just I just didn't care about the characters yeah and Nicholson's performance grated on me after a while okay and that's just me and maybe uh, maybe I'm a, a horrible person watching this film but there's this times where especially he's talking to Lloyd the bartender the first time and he's like they telling the story about you know how he loves his kid it's like it's so like cartoony that it's like I don't believe you and I know I'm not supposed to mm-hmm. but it's just, I don't know, like Nicholson, he's good in this, but there's just times where I'm like, just reel it back an inch, and it would have been phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's 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 fair. I mean, I never held his performance against the character, but at the same time, I just kept waiting for there to be something more to this guy. And I've said it already, like he, where he starts and where he ends is almost indecipherable. Yeah. I mean, other than like... You know, he goes from being, you know, a jerk to being crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think of in terms of, you know, characters that you love to hate, you know. Uh, and again, please do not take this as me comparing Rob Zombie to <laughs> Stanley Kubrick.
0: Rob Zombie's the shining. Right.
1: But because I, I, I generally do like a lot of. Things that Rob
0: Zombie
1: does, (laughs) but like the characters safe from the devil's rejects are deplorable. They don't have arcs in in uh, in some sense, but they're so far out from who they are or from what would be acceptable that they're kind of lovable assholes, even though they're evil to the core and they're frightening in a lot of different ways. They're not people that you would want to know. There is that fascinating aspect about them that makes it watchable. The whole time with Jack Torrance, again, I'm just like, he's, he's he doesn't show me enough colors of change.
0: I just like from the get-go, so, he's just like just staring off in the distance. I'm like, okay, well, great. I don't know. like, But- I, yeah i just that was my frustrating thing about this and and but and, there's there's sorry go ahead
1: oh no and, and i guess you know as far as the actual way the story lays out um i i will say that i i and i know i'm supposed to love the end when wendy is starting to see the things that happening in the hotel <laughs> yeah. but there's the you know dog man um
0: fellatio yeah, scene yeah.
1: that you know happens for like 30 seconds and i understand it adds to the weirdness of the film um, but then that is then followed by her seeing like a dining room full of skeletons i was going to ask
0: i feel like you and i watched the same cut there's actually multiple different cuts of the film where the skeletons in the lobby weren't there like there's oh, ones okay which you know I again i didn't mind that because so a lot of a lot of the book and and I, watching some of these videos, everyone's like, "Well, if you think the book can explain the movie, you're wrong." It's like, "Well, go screw yourself, fine." You know, they're they're different. I get it, but the book has this whole layering of like, um, what was it Mask of the Red Death, like the Edgar Allan Poe thing of like the the ballroom and everybody unmasking and all this like kind of that 20s like you know uh, gluttony and the the high class, which you see a little bit in the gold room, but so, so the idea of somebody wearing. That the suit in the book was um, it was a dog suit and the movie it's a bear, and in the the video I watched this guy has this whole big thing that there's a lot of evidence to suggest that that is part of a representation implying that uh, Jack Torrance actually sexually assaulted Danny, Um, and you can kind of like after you see the piece she's like that's an interpretation and I can't say that's wrong and it adds some depth to him. And some of the things that some of his performance, if and you know, some of the way the character car- carries himself. Like, here's something in the beginning, when he's sitting in the lobby after getting the job and he's reading a magazine, and the the Ullman uh, comes over and was like, Oh, I'm sorry, was I keeping you? And he's like, mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 we were able to have breakfast. The magazine he's reading is Playgirl, and he throws it aside. And on the cover of the magazine, because someone actually found the issue, it says something about incest on the cover, and there's all this like. Weird kind of little nods to maybe, you know, there's all this repression and other things that have happened. Um, But
1: is that something that, like, even thinking of that in, like, just a typical, like, normal setting, like, is that something that you would have read openly – In a hotel, like no, you're right. Like like, (laughs) maybe, but but my point is, is that
0: if I was sitting in a movie theater in the like late '70s, early '80s, watching this film, I wouldn't have been able to see that. And if that was just a detail that was put in there because Kubrick wanted for uh, Jack Nicholson's character to be informed by the performance, but not say it, I'm down with that. I get it. There's things that there's a lot of times where people will have performances that they have a secret in their head that is never revealed to the audience, but it's what drives them. And it, you know, like fine. And it, and if Kubrick was this kind of guy, he's like, you know what, they're going to watch this movie in high definition later and pick all this up. Good on him for thinking in the future. I don't know if that was the case, but if it was him having like, okay, this is another example, not the same film, but, and I know you've not seen it, but in Pacific rim, a lot of the different details in the background, uh, del Toro made sure to have on set for the cast to see. Even though you won't see it in the movie, it informs the world in which he was making in the Shatterdome with all the Jaegers and all the different like propaganda and shit up on the walls, because he wanted it. Like he wanted that to be in the film, though you may never see it. It helped everybody else be there. Yeah. So, if that's what happened, I'm fine with that. I'm not. It doesn't take. It doesn't change my viewing of the film. Does it add me a little bit more context if I see it again? Absolutely. Um, it's just that the context of. The, the, the person in the suit doing the things that he was doing or the implications of what he was doing is in the book, but it's more leaning towards just the complete debauchery that was going on at the time and how this hotel is waking up and it's showing like its last or its biggest hurrah at the time. And, and the people that are consumed by this hotel, this is where they end up as this kind of perpetual, which is implied at the end of the film that maybe Jack is back there or he yeah. always existed. I, did, I don't mind the ending. I don't mind the ending where it's like, is he, is this where he wanted to belong, or is it where he always was? I don't know. Like, I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. No, I just meant in context of the story, like...
0: It, no, there is no know, explanation straight up. If you see Wendy, like, oh, there's a guy in a bear suit with his ass out. Okay. <laughs> guess I'll just hold this knife and look terrified and go downstairs at the skeleton lobby. Like, it's it's a little weird.
1: It's just the way that it's revealed to her. I guess I wish... I. I don't know. I, I don't know if I, it's that I wished it would have been differently like I don't know that even that reveal is even impactful for her. So because she's already dealing with worrying about her husband killing her son.
0: Yeah, she's already worried about that. And so here's the thing too, here's me being an idiot. I did not realize until after talking about the film with my wife that the two girls in the hallway were actually the daughters of the original caretaker of or the one that talked about Yeah. I just I don't know why it just never clicked with me. I've read the book. Like,
1: (laughs) I don't know why.
0: Um, And and maybe that occurred to me when I read the book years ago. And it's one of those things where I was talking to her. I'm like, oh, that's Grady's daughters. And then in the credits, it says it lists them as such. And I'm like, because there's that brief flash of Danny seeing them where they're murdered in the hallway. And it never occurred to me that I'm like, oh, that's his kids. Like, I yeah. just, It took me to talk about the movie to be like, oh, <laughs> I thought that was just being weird. So maybe maybe my attention wasn't entirely there. I'll, this is a long movie, and I did have to get up a couple of times uh, just to get a cup of coffee or whatever because I'd just been spending my time outside in the snow shoveling for two hours, which I thought was the proper mindset for this film. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just, I think from a thought experiment of approaching this, Trying to give it a fair shake, I think I did. Um, I like I said, I could appreciate this more. And if I if I am to watch it again, I'm not going to be against it. I just think you you hit the nail on the head. Just the characterizations, just I cannot get engrossed in this film in terms of like there's no emotional payoff for me.
1: Yeah, and. And maybe that's even it. I mean, not even an emotional payoff, but an investment. Like, Like, I never actually, you know, invest in these characters. And, it's a shame because it's a classic and I wish I could see it the way people, other people see it. And, you know, I mentioned Candyman earlier being one of those films that I, third time you've said that name. (laughs) I, I saw it when I was younger and while I liked it, it didn't stick with me the way it didn't hit me the way it does as an adult and seeing all the different contexts in that film and really understanding all the different layers to it. Uh, another one is it's weird that I'm, I'm going all horror here, but, um, well, I think, it's of fair, the Lambs. I think
0: it's fair with the training. Yeah, like.
1: Silence of the Lambs is a film that everybody saw before I did. So when the film was, when I finally sat down to watch it, I'm like, this is what everybody's been raving about? <laughs> and like, it wasn't until I had a good solid probably 10, 15, no, it was probably closer to 20 years from, away from having watched that movie and revisiting it without any sort of context of people telling me it was, you know, the greatest thing they'd ever seen. I was able to appreciate it. Um, Mm -hmm. And up until that, like I'd seen, um, I'd seen Manhunter, uh, Manhunter's another one of those ones where I'm like, I I wasn't a big fan of that one. Um, And I, I I know that that movie's beloved by a lot of people as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Hannibal, uh, Ridley Scott's Hannibal I thought yeah. was just okay Red Dragon was pretty good Red Dragon which oddly enough is directed by Brett Ratner and it's the only film of his that I've ever liked <laughs> and it makes me hate it now knowing that it's <laughs> him um, but yeah. the point that I'm making is is that like I was hoping for uh, an experience of going back rewatching a, a, that film and like like being, a like, revelatory one of like oh I get it now yeah, yeah oh yeah. I get it Why? and I understand from a visual standpoint why people love it I don't get it from the aspect of like being a film that you're engrossed in. Yeah. Um, I, I I don't no, know. So, I wish I wish I would have come out with a different take, um, but this one just isn't my cup of tea. And to be perfectly honest, like um, you mentioned Suspiria and the remake, I still haven't watched the remake yet. Um, but the original Suspiria. Uh, when I watched it the first time, it also had the context of being built up as like, oh, it's the film that, you know, inspired John Carpenter with Halloween and and it's the, the best, you know, horror film to come out of, um, you know, Italy. And so when I watched it, I had all these expectations for it and I wasn't blown away and I only rewatched it back and I think. When did the remake come out? It was like October. The, the, the fall, yeah. Okay. So it's probably September or October of this year that I revisited it not too long ago. And I'm like, okay, uh, I can appreciate this movie for what it is. I still don't know that it's... I liked it much more than I did that first time. So at least in that way, it was a good experience. But again, I still um, didn't see it in the way that other people saw it. Yeah. Um, but at least with that, I I was able to find other things to connect to. With whereas with this, yes, it's technically brilliant, but emotionally it's cold.
0: Which is funny because there's a quote from Stephen King where he said that, uh oh, "What was it? uh, uh that, that Kubrick like thinks but doesn't feel, something to that effect." I'm 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 paraphrasing it horribly. Okay, and there's a much bigger concept about like. A, a, bigger quote about the film, and some people boil it down to that statement, and that's not what he meant entirely by it, but it's mm-hmm. kind of the same thing. So, I asked people on my Facebook to say, you know, if you love this movie, let me know why, and I should have probably led the whole discussion off of this, but I want to give them their, their room here. One of my friends wrote, I love it, the epitome of a good movie, And or, sorry, good suspense movie, and then they wrote, but the book was better, so I appreciate that. Uh, one of my other friends wrote, The Shining is one of my favorites It weaves in and out of a family drama, horror, psychological thriller, and slasher pick. You can't pin anything down in the story which makes it Unsettling. I would agree with that. Um, I'm all for a neat and tidy story, but Kubrick's *The Shining* has always haunted me. It brings me back year after year. I, th- that's valid, uh, and I can see why people love this. I do. It just, like I said, I can, I can watch it again. And by the way, I know Steve, you brought over beers. I'm drinking the fourth one out of six. So that's I fine. That. <laughs> I have to, I have to drive all the way to my my room beside me. <laughs> you know, yeah, so, um, but I so people love this, and, and 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 people hold it up as a classic. And I will also say that. Um, I, I love the film Citizen Kane. I think it's an interesting film. I think it does a lot of things first. So there's a reason why there's a lot of good discussion about it. People I know that say they could appreciate it, but they're like, it's slow and there's no story to it. I'm like, yeah, but. Right. And I feel like that's the same thing here. And I like I brought, I brought so as a kid, like if you guys have never heard of that before, but like, you know, it's have you it, ever heard of
1: Orson Welles? Yeah. Look him up.
0: You ever hear of Omicron? <laughs> yeah. <You know, like, laughs> it's the same thing where it's like I think the the technical marvel of that film bowled me over to where I oversaw the narrative shortcoming of that film because it was so it still feels like a modern film, even mm-hmm. now, where I, for some reason it's the same argument. People could like, like the, the shining technically, I'm just like, I don't even know how they did this. Um, the purposeful, um, differences in arc, you know, architecture. And also like, here's something to think too about too. When you first see the hedge maze, they're entering it in from like, you see the overlook and they run around the corner and they enter it from that one side. But at the end of the movie, Danny enters, he leaves the hotel and directly enters the maze from that, that, that side wall, the entrance shift shifted mm-hmm. completely. On that, on the maze. Mm. And it's like, there's a lot of this stuff that it's like, that's all on purpose. It has to be. There's no right. doubt about it. Um, and how like the bathroom window in the Torrance's apartment doesn't actually open and what it does, like, it
1: would be great though if like it wasn't on purpose. <laughs> yeah, Cooper's just like I don't know. <laughs> Who like, cares? Mm, he's got like the Ed Wood. Yeah, he's like kinda. sure. Yeah. whatever.
0: It'd be funny if it's like everyone's like like if like there's the one guy on the set that's like okay, everybody's finally passed away. We had no idea what we were doing the entire <laughs> time. It, but it got to the point to where I guess uh, the ma- the hedge maze like part of the set they had like a little map because they had one portion of it built and then they could change it. Uh, but they had a little map so crew could get in and out of it. Uh, there was times where Kubrick would just have people change it and not tell the crew. So they would just be like getting stuck and they would yell out and he would just laugh. Like, so it's like, I can appreciate this stuff, right? I could really, really can. But so it was worthy of my time to go back and watch. And I feel like if I give it more time after I do more reading, I'll, I'll watch it again. Absolutely. Cause I think there's a lot of interesting conversation going on around it. I do think people are kind of up their own asses a little bit with some of this, but that's still the 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 hallmark of a good film that you can still have this discussion. Yeah, you know? I,
1: I mean, I'm glad that people love it. I would never be like, "Well, that movie's dog shit," and here's why: like, because yeah. <laughs> I don't think it is. But I mean, I would much rather have a conversation about a movie that, like, I, I mean, think is
0: the shark's pretty good, but if you seen them burning, there's way more kills in the burning.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I can have a conversation about something that I I do think is a technical masterpiece, but I don't connect with versus yeah. like. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I keep going back to Alien versus Predator because that seems to be my low bar recently. But uh, that's that's the one movie that I, I have fond memories of walking out of, being like, I knew that movie was gonna suck, and it. It blew my expectations out of the water. It sucked even more so, than I so thought it what's would.
0: What's the, okay, uh, this so. is brief aside. What's the angriest movie, like the movie as you're watching the theater that's made you the angriest, where it's like, why is this happening? <laughs>
1: like, you know, like, I mean, in recent memory, it's certainly probably Solar Babies. <laughs> but in, the th- in the theater, though? I mean, but yeah, I mean. Oh, no, in the theater? Yeah. Ooh. I have two. Um, oh, man. I, I may have to think on this because I... Okay, I'll give
0: you my two. One was Crow City of Angels. That just made me mad. <laughs> it's probably, It may even be that bad of a movie. It probably is. I saw it the once. The, so, the, the soundtrack is amazing, but it just pissed me off as I walked out of the theater. <laughs> And then the other one, surprisingly enough, and this is going to be divisive, uh, is the Evil Dead remake. That movie just made me mad.
1: Really? Yeah.
0: Like, it just did it, it just, it was so down the entire time. Yeah. And then at the very end, it tries to do like a right hook and become like something. And yeah. it's like, it just made me mad. It's like, you could have done this whole thing differently and you're going off this different direction, but nope, you got to make It just, it just, it tried to be like, we're going to be different but we're going to be the same and it just pissed me off. Like the last third of that movie made me so mad.
1: Uh I I I have a similar reaction but a different reaction to Evil Dead remake. I was completely amazed at what that movie was. I thought it was a great remake, but it's it's not what I want from an Evil Dead movie. So I was like I was like I can't oh. I in the sense of like The Shining like I'm like I can't criticize it cuz it's on its own. It's an it's an actually really great movie, but I'm like I, I I know Evil Dead very well, and what I wanted was more Evil Dead. And that's not saying that I was – there's a way to approach a remake and try and wipe away those expectations. But, like, it wasn't – when I say that it wasn't what I wanted it to be, I just mean that, like, I prefer – it's not that it's not a good movie. It's that I prefer the Raimi, Bruce Campbell – you know, a little
0: bit more tongue in cheek. Yes, yeah, I, that's the yeah. thing
1: that I prefer. Um, I and mean, the first movie, and the, the first, first movie is
0: technically uh, you it's know supposed it's, to be taken seriously, but it kind of isn't. You know, there's times where it's like eh, I don't know. I but, can yeah. see the intent there. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean,
1: two, they let loose with the humor, but like, uh, I, and I bought it on Blu-ray because I was like, I'm gonna love this movie. Like, I have to love this movie, and it's like, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I really think it's so well done and i love that director and uh his follow-up um don't breathe or breathe i have amazing. not seen that is it oh okay. i love okay. i love don't breathe but i'm just like ah, i wish i would have uh I couldn't get behind it, I guess is what I'm saying. So, yeah, anyway. But, yeah, I mean, Alien vs. Predator, I know that I sat and just watched the entire time, just kind of like – that was a movie, and I think I've mentioned it before on this show, that, like, it was a movie that I didn't want to see, and I got outvoted. (laughs) uh, There was three of us. There was two people who wanted to see it. I got outvoted. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that I saw. Um,
0: A Million Ways to Die in the West just pissed me off the entire time.
1: I can say that it wasn't in the theater, but Sausage Party, watching that (coughs) at home. Um, We
0: we had a power outage here. What was it, like last winter or the winter before? And we had no power, no nothing. But my iPad happens to have a data plan because you know I I'm, I like signing contracts. Yeah. And we and it was already charged up, so I was like, well, I guess we can just watch Netflix. We'll just sit here and watch it. And I was just like, go, oh, I guess we'll watch this because my wife loves animated films. I do too, but she had like a passing interest in it. I'm like, no, 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 let's watch this now. So we had nothing else to do. And then the power came one halfway through, and she's like. She's like, let's just finish this goddamn thing. Like she was mad. <laughs> like, we're just gonna have to finish this. So yeah, it was uh, very yeah, frustrating. Yeah, my wife
1: still maintains that it's not it's not as bad as I say it is and that it's no, it's I, funny. I I thought it was painfully unfunny. <laughs> I
0: <laughs> I love that we go from Kubrick's the shining to sausage, sausage party. party.
1: <laughs> but, the book was better. <laughs> um, yeah, I just remember watching that movie and, like... Oh, yeah, it was frustrating. Just waiting to laugh and wanting to laugh. Waiting but, to exhale. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so... Um,
0: um yeah no you're right that's one that's made me mad the entire time because of what could have been you know it was just, it was so so low bar and just disgusting and not funny yeah and, and i'll
1: say that you know the, the other one that hits me and this may come into an episode that we're going to do in the future uh it wasn't so much anger as it was just disappointment but uh Zack and Mary Make a, a Porno oh, was yeah. a movie that i was so just disappointed by and it wasn't it was just a sad disappointment as yeah. opposed to like i
0: i've only seen that once it was the same thing where it's just like i I don't know, but yeah, yeah maybe like that's funny. Well, maybe that that might be one to go back to. Yeah, again, not not exactly the same boat, but yeah. So anyway, we're gonna we'll, we'll wrap Seth this up Rogen here. Seth
1: Rogen apparently is my kryptonite. I Seth, don't know. Seth
0: Rogen is your Stanley Kubrick. No, um, so yeah, I, I, it was worth seeing, worth revisiting, worth discussing with you, and also trying to explore my own feelings about my own baggage about the film. So again, if you love it, great. If you don't. I don't know if watching it again will change your mind about it. Um, I just think that just just the work that went into it is something to behold and something to uh, to aspire to for anybody who wants to make a technically sound film. Yeah, watch it because there's things in there that are crazy good. Um, just make your characters likable and give them something to do, like so, uh, and so, and also I feel like The Shining itself has been so big that my my feelings about The Shining. Are Directly colored because the Simpsons did the shitting, and which is a wonderful, uh, wonderful little like microcosm of it. Um, and a brief aside too the, the hedge maze and the all work and no play makes Jack a doll boy, those are in the movie, not in the book. So, those were additions to
1: the, the to, hedge maze isn't in the book at all. No, there's
0: there's hedge, there's like he, topiary that it's like one of those things we see in the background. It's like, did that move? And it's like, you begin to, it begins the question of like, are they getting closer? Like huh. there's that dread. No. So and it's like, but those feel like King. They really do. Yeah. Like, and so it's hard to separate
1: those. is so iconic. It is, I just but it's not, that it it's was... not in the book. Okay.
0: And then, uh, the all work and no play. Cause Jack actually was working on something and writing. And it's funny because later on there's a Stephen King book called the dark half where, um, that actually deals with somebody dealing with a, a double, like trying to take over his life. And that person decides that they're going to try being a writer, like the other person and he ends up typing out the word "sparrow" over and over again for reasons in the book. So you could tell that King saw this repetitive typing and it was like, "Huh," and maybe it just stuck in the back of his head. Yeah. And having just pages of something being repeatedly typed, so it, it has its influences. Um, I if you, you've seen, Have you seen the South Park episode? We've talked about this before. Uh, a Nightmare on FaceTime where Randy buys a Blockbuster. Funnily enough, we talked about Blockbuster. And it becomes a take on The Shining. Have you seen that one? No, no. If you have Hulu, do yourself a favor. And, and maybe maybe tonight or the next night, you got to watch it. It is okay. phenomenal because he's walked around this Blockbuster. And he goes up to rent movies because there's no one in the Blockbuster. In, and Lloyd the bartender is dressed in a Blockbuster shirt. And he's like, ah, go to rent some movies tonight. And I was like, eh probably should kill your wife and kids like, whole thing. <laughs> it's great it's great so yeah uh, yeah all right all
1: right i'll have to check that out yeah
0: so all right um before we get on to our our, our compliments that we're going to give uh uh let's get tell people how they can find us so you can find us on facebook evasion the podcast you can find us at our blog it's evasion the more is coming soon i uh, i will be watching a canon film shortly for the blog, New Year's Evil. I'll be watching that. Oh, nice. I've never seen it. so I just
1: added that to my queue on Amazon Prime. Perfect. All right.
0: So um, I figured, because it comes right after uh, the Apple, which is what we're going to be watching next week for the show. Yeah. Um, I was just trying to do everything chronologically. I have a list. I haven't given it to Steve, but it gets weird. (laughs) I'll just say (laughs) that. Um, So that'll be coming soon. Um, You can find us on uh, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play, um, Satchel, Podbean, Stitcher, Uh, If you can find us there, wherever you get your podcast, rate and review us. That'd be greatly appreciated. And people, how and and people and Steve, how can people find you? I I've had four tall boys of Miller (laughs) Light. This is uh. Very low for me because I have a problem. So, anyway, Steve, how can people find you?
1: <laughs> uh, you can find me at the com. You can also check out our Etsy store at Art of the Slash, is the uh, shop name on Etsy. Uh, in person, May 31st through June 2nd, I'm going to be at Retro Invasion. Um, weekend that's going to be in Westlake, Ohio. Awesome guests, Joe Bob Briggs. You guys have heard me keep saying this every week, but uh, Diane Franklin, Robert Kurtzman, uh, Courtney Gaines. Just go check out the list. Go to the Ryan Cassandy is going to be there Ryan as well. Ryan Cassandy is going to be there with me as well. Um, so fun and havoc is going to be ensuing and since I live so close to Westlake, Ohio um, I may even just be hanging out at the hotel the entire weekend without a hotel room because I can just leave anytime Perfect. I want. Perfect. Uh, be home in 10 minutes. Yeah. So,
0: alright. So uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, go to Retro Invasive Weekend. Meet Joe, Bob Briggs, and Steve. So There you go. It's time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> Sorry, Steve, what was that?
1: I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: We, we do this kind of live, and uh, Steve decided just to be part of the game there, so I appreciate that. <laughs> I did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Thursday, when you guys will probably be hearing this, uh, is a National Compliment Day. So we decided, in light of the topic that we had tonight of revisiting The Shining and trying to find you know the different approach to it, we, I decided to challenge Steve to find five things that he knows that I, I likely don't like, and he's going to make me... Say may, pay a compliment to those things, and I have five things for Steve. So yeah, um, I don't know if who wants to go first here. Um,
1: I'll, I'll let you go first.
0: All right, uh, Tom Cruise. Say something that complimentary about Tom Cruise. He's got wonderful teeth. <laughs> I mean, is that is that your compliment? Is that true? Is that, he's is got that a gorgeous like, smile. Um, he has a running form unlike any other.
1: It's yeah, true. Uh no, I mean, I think he's an amazing action star. Um, I. I think that, uh, you know, up until ten years ago, he was somebody that I was a really huge fan of. I I love his performance in um, everything from um, Jerry Maguire to you know he's great in the Mission Impossible movies. Like uh, he's great in Interview with a Vampire. I remember when that movie came out, people were like, "You can't be Lestat," and I thought he's great in it. It's good. So yeah, he's he's a fantastic actor a great action star and uh uh you got a wonderful smile there you go all right so for you uh the first one here this one might be a little uh off the beaten path here but i'm going to make you say something nice about mike McNolla's artwork before you've referred to him as the guy who draws square faces
0: <laughs> yes yes uh very angular artist um i will say that i enjoyed uh his interpretation of strong guy Okay. Uh, from the New Mutants. Uh, cause he Strong Guy is basically a square with arms and a little a little a spit curl of a uh, blonde uh hair. And I don't know. Like I, I liked I like Strong Guy. It might just be Peter David's writing of Strong Guy. Because they like with at the time with the New Mutants, sorry, it was X Factor. I'm well, that's sorry. That's
1: not really giving a compliment.
0: I liked his interpretation <laughs> of Strong Guy. Um uh <laughs> There's always an energy and emotion with his drawing. Okay. Uh, it just may not be realistic, but that could be said of a lot of artists. You know, yeah. like like I was telling Steve last week off the air that I've been reading uh, Old Guardians of the Galaxy issues, and Jim Valentino's artwork's great. The writing is garbage at times, and and now I'm getting into this portion of the book where they're going through these annuals. So um, Ron Lim, I'm getting into one of his annuals for Silver Surfer. He
1: drew some of the pages for uh, uh, half of the Infinity uh, War when we were yeah. going over that.
0: I, his artwork holds up really well. So anyway, that's not about Magnolia. I also like that um, Disney was so inspired by his, his artwork that it informed the Atlantis film. Because he was the one that did the concept art for that. So even though that is more they've they took his concepts and, and Disney fied them, mm-hmm. it has a different look than the rest of the Disney films. Okay. So he has a unique look. And also the guy made Hellboy. So like you can't, you know, I can't dismiss him completely, you know. So yeah. All right. All right. Um you already mentioned this one film tonight, so I'm not gonna make you say something nice about solar babies. Uh say something nice about shocking dark.
1: Oh pay it a compliment. All right, I'm going to cover up my screen here so that you can see my number two. (laughs) Um, Something good about Shocking Dark. uh, I did enjoy the weirdness of it. Shocking Dark uh, has a... uh, Well, it's straight up ripping off aliens. It's purporting itself to be a terminator uh, yeah uh yeah
0: it was called terminator 2, two yeah yeah, uh, some markets, yeah
1: so there's this weird time travel element that they kind of shoehorn into it At a the little very bit ed, yeah it gets weird um and i i do like the um this is not gonna sound like a compliment but it is the terribleness of the aliens that they actually uh, oh yeah
0: yeah yeah that's right Like those a, are those are bad
1: yeah it's not great no um, but it's sort of a wonderful kind of cheese in in that sense. Yeah, um, and uh, the fact that the <laughs> the uh, lead kept reminding me of Kate McKinnon from Sarah <laughs> Live* uh, yep. is a is a is a wonderful uh, uh, little uh, thing. So. Uh, since that was my number two as well. I have to Shocking say something Dark. nice about Shocking Dark. No, we're, I'm going to, I'm going to flip the switch on you. You've got to say something nice about Rob Zombie's remake of Halloween. Oh, um, cause I know you did not care for that. I, I, yeah, um, well, cause the, the last, it's minutes, fine that you didn't like it. I'm just, just saying something that, nice about it. Um,
0: yeah. uh, what's his face? Trevor, Trevor, um, not Trevor, the guy, uh, the guy that played, uh, uh, Michael Myers, um, Tyler, Maine? Tyler Maine. That's what I was going to say. That guy is just, is just a brick shithouse of a man. So like when he's in his, his room, just making masks over and over again, it's mm-hmm. like, you're like, Oh, that's something wrong with this guy. But it's like, you know, we should just probably leave him alone and then he'll be fine. Like I liked, I liked the physicality. Like he, there's this, this guy was born wrong and he's just, but he is just a knot of muscle. Like I, I yeah that was very imposing. Um, You know, the mask is kind of cool for that because it doesn't look so clean. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's things I like there. Uh, um, Malcolm McDowell. Not Malcolm McDowell. Was it Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. I didn't mind him as Loomis. Like, he was okay. It's just, you know, you could tell that Zombie had ideas, but he still had to follow down a path that was going to lead where that movie went, and that's unfortunate.
1: Okay. Fair enough. All right.
0: So my number three for you is um, Not The Last Jedi. Okay. Because I feel like, you know, that'd be a challenge. I'm going to
1: give you. Actually, I don't I'm, think it I'm, would I'm gonna, be. I'm going
0: to give you a higher degree of, of difficulty. Tell me something positive about Canto Bite in The Last Jedi. Ooh. <laughs> which Canto Bite is the, you know, the casino section of the film in which, yeah. um, or, many, many prequel esque things happen.
1: Yeah. Um,. Wow, I'm struggling here. Because uh, I can say positive things about the film. There's that that whole section I've often referred to as you could easily lift out of the film and you wouldn't miss it. So, um, <laughs> and that's hardly a compliment. Um, BBA
0: being full of coins—that's uh, kind of fun. That's that's kind of fun.
1: Um, I I I like the sentiment of them. Um, at least freeing, you know, Well, they not might not be able to save the galaxy, the idea that they're at least freeing these creatures, whatever. And I just talked about how I can remember minutia of Star Wars. I can't remember what the horse creatures' names were in The Last Jedi, but those weird Harry Potter-ish type yeah. animals that they save... Um, although it has been pointed out that like they, they go to a great length to save them, but not the slave children. No, <laughs> but, um, I, I do like the idea
0: of just thing. Like, you know, we might, we, we still need to make the differences where we can.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, so I, I did like that aspect yeah. of it. All right. So. Um, do I have to come up with more? No, no. You oh, okay. Just don't. Good, good enough. <laughs> All right. Um, the uh, Big Bang Theory. Say something nice about the Big Bang Theory. <sighs>
0: I knew you were going to bring this up. I knew <laughs> this is one of two things I knew was going to show up. Um, that it keeps Will Wheaton relevant. I um no, that's not true. I I like he well he's still relevant, and I respect a lot of what he does. Like try to to be a nice guy. It's just I know it's a paycheck, but it's like come on. Uh, so nice things. Um. There is a lot of crew that probably get paid really well over the past 10 years because they're working on the show. That's probably not a good thing. That's probably not what you want me to say. Um, well, I mean,
1: it's not what I want that, to say. But that feels
0: like that's a cop-out where it's like people got paid to make that. Um, <laughs> it, if by any chance any of the jokes that aren't jokes spark somebody to go looking into what they're talking about and find something that they love that they were not aware of, then that's a good thing.
1: All so, right, that's fair. I'll take you know, that. Yeah. That's actually better than what I did with Canto Bites, so that's good. All right, what you got up next for uh, me? Uh,
0: the Nightmare on Elm Street remake. <laughs>
1: um, it's uh, partially because I've only seen it once, and I, when did that come out? Like 2010, 2011? So it's been six, seven years since I've watched it. Um, I, I will say that uh, Jackie Earl Haley, like... It's it's a it's a good performance from him. It's unfortunate in the sense that like he's stepping into such a large role. Mm -hmm. um, And you look at you know anytime somebody steps into something that has that kind of I mean I'll I'll go into the Star Wars hole again. I mean Alden Ehrenreich you know did a really great job in Solo but he was stepping into the boots of Harrison Ford, so that's a very big yeah. you know, shadow to fill or boots to step into. Um, Jackie Earl Haley, who I think is a phenomenal actor, um, I, I thought that he brought a tremendous menace, and I actually liked the look of that makeup. I thought it was a smart choice to go a different way than the well, burn they wanted makeup. To,
0: they, but they wanted to look more like an actual burn, burn victim. victim yeah. You know? and yeah, I thought that was fine. Like I, yeah. it, You're right. Like So he is... I feel like he's been bringing some really good performances of films that aren't well received. Like I liked his oddball weirdo guy that was in RoboCop.
1: I liked his character in that. Uh, and, see, is that the remake? Yeah, the remake. I yeah, still the remake.
0: That. Oh, okay. okay. He's he's just one of those guys working for the company that just believes a robot can never do what a man does. So then, whenever he's given kind of like off, he's when he's like off the leash to go hunt down Robocop, it's like he's taking it kind of personal. Like, and so he's 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 in the movie not for a long time, and he just kind of fade, you know comes in and out. But he's a cool little performance in that film, you know. Okay. So yeah. Um and then unfortunately that he's mostly behind the mask and, and watchmen, but he's so good in that too. So yeah, yeah. I'll give you that.
1: All right. What's what do you got for me? So unfortunately this has also come up during our episode, but uh uh say something nice about yoga hosers.
0: Um Oh yeah, 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 I got it. Um uh, uh Kevin Conroy, <laughs> Kevin Conroy's in that for a second, and he's at the counter, and he has an interaction with the girls at the, the whatever the Quick Stop A or whatever they call it, and then he just looks at his son. He's like, "Come on, Robin," and they leave. And it was like the, the only thing I, the only thing I really laughed at in the film was the voice of animated Batman calling his son Robin and then exiting the store. Right. So. And that, that I got to shake his hand to tell him that I really enjoyed that bit of yoga hosers. And he just <laughs> laughed.
1: Like, he gave he gave an
0: honest to goodness laugh. I was like, I really enjoyed that moment. So, there you go. Yeah. All
1: right. Yeah. Fair enough. And
0: it took me pointing at the Kevin Conroy side Batman above you to be like, his name is, you know, uh, so because my memory ain't too good no more. Um, so, okay, last one for you. And this also kind of came up during the course of the show say something positive about Metallica's album, Lulu.
1: Ooh, um, <laughs> that's
0: the way they did with uh tom ye- wait not tom waits uh, <laughs> no
1: um oh god well, i can't think of his name now um
0: <laughs> that would have been interesting if it was tom waits,
1: it's tom waits. It's, uh, uh, um, here i'll look it up um, it, why uh, i'm having a total brain fart right now um hmm. uh, yeah right i'm uh, trying uh, to think of something
0: searching searching um, uh, Lou Reed. Lou
1: Reed, yes, yeah. thank you. Why,
0: uh, Tom Wade. Like, sure, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. All right.
1: uh, something that's positive about that, um, I would say that it's one of the things that I admire about them is to try different things. Um, there are a lot of bands that you can listen to point to and say uh, they do one thing, they do it well, but they don't go outside that. I admire their ability to try and collaborate in that sense. Uh, it's unfortunately, and I haven't revisited it in a while, you know, maybe it'll hit me differently, but m- one of my problems with it is, is that like, I want James Hetfield, not Lou Reed. Um, <laughs> and yeah. Lou Reed doesn't feel like he's in tune with a lot of it. Um, I almost, I almost wonder what it would have been if he'd have just written for Metallica and then they interpret the songs as opposed to him collaborating in the fashion that he did. But I like the fact that they're unafraid to try different things, um, you know, and that's unfortunately one of the things that I, I think a lot of their fans sometimes will use against them where, you know, they say, you know, uh, oh, they sold out with this album or they, you know, changed their sound on this album. But I like the fact that, you know, you can literally kind of get a different experience out of every album. Mm-hmm. If, if every album, Master of Puppets is great, but if every album was just Master of Puppets over and over again, it's it wouldn't hit me the way it does. It mm-hmm. wouldn't connect with me um, the way their music still does as a 30-year, yeah, God, Uh, thinking about how long i've been a fan of them is just mind-boggling like you know i I, I don't know Uh, there's not another band that connects with me in the way they do so if nothing else at least the fact that they're still trying to do things differently and shake things up that's a big positive for me that's fair all right all right Um, So this last one here, I'm going to guess you probably saw coming Uh, a mile away. Bring it. Um, Say something nice about Ernest Cline. Oh, that, that's a swerve. I was expecting. I know what you're expecting, and I've, I've called a moratorium on that. Oh, I appreciate I will never it. bring it up on the show again. <laughs> if I do, it'll be by accident.
0: Oh, well, okay. I'll just let the cow out of the barn. I was expecting you to throw Space Jam out there. Yeah. So um, thank you for not doing that. Something nice about Ernest Cline. Um it's. It, I feel like it's the same thing to say about the Big Bang Theory, where it's like if, if his love of something has inspired somebody else to find something that they weren't aware of, mm-hmm. that's cool. Like that, that's fine. And uh, there's a lot of references in the book, and you know, the, the the whole book is all references. So if that's something, where it's like, oh, I, I don't know what that is, and you go find it. And even in the Ready Player One film, uh, again, which a lot of that was written by um, Zach Penn, um, that's not right. The the, the person who's known for writing screenplays and Ernest Klein. So there's a lot of things. It might be Zach Penn. Is it Zach Penn? Yeah, I think it's Zach Penn. Um, There's like the main character ends up wearing like the same outfit from the main guy from Buckaroo Banzai. It's like, if people don't know what that film is, go see it, you know, like type of thing, right? Um, I haven't even revisited that as a grown up, but I know it's like one of those oddball films, right? Uh, There's a reference to the Holy Hand Grenade in the film. It's like, if you don't know Monty Python, Go see, you know, the Holy Grail, and then that'd they, be fun. Like, there's things in there that clearly he loves something enough that he wants to be like, "Look at all these toys I have!" Yeah, that there, there, there's a genuine excitement there. Again, I just, I, I don't think references is the same thing as storytelling but fine you know, if that's what gets people he he was brought these things by somebody so why can't he bring these things to somebody else I know it's a cop out for the Big Bang Theory but I feel like those two live in the same universe in terms of like how they function um, also you know I don't know if his involvement in that uh, documentary about going to go find the ET games out in the desert if he had any he's in it and he his smug little face and his DeLorean's in it um, but I don't know if his presence helped, like push it along. Yeah. So if that's something that got to help tell that story, then that's cool too. Yeah. Um, he's also in that um, that documentary about the kids that recreate Raiders of the Lost Ark shot for shot over the course of like them growing up. Is he
1: in that? I, he's I, in I've it for a second. I can't remember. He talks him.
0: about how they showed it at the Alamo Draft House, and he was in the audience for that. Okay. So he so it's like his passion's there. So I can never tell somebody that don't be passionate about something. So. Like, and again, if his if his love of something has brought something else to the forefront, that's caused others to love things as well. That's not bad. I'm just saying, read other books.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, hopefully, there's more people discovering things than just navel gazing.
0: Yeah, and also, I just said that off, Mike. Also, there's a wonderful podcast called "327 Pages We'll Never Get Back." That's uh, Mike Nelson. And uh, one of his producers from Rift Tracks, uh, Connor that they go and they read Radio Player One and they talk about it like over six episodes. And then they read Ernest Cline's second book called Armada. And it is a hoot. Just listening to these guys try to parse out and just hearing Mike Nelson from Mr. Size Theater just be befuddled by just the sentence structure and the reference and, and the way this the book is laid out. It is, it is just something to listen to and it is wonderful.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll have to check that out.
0: Yeah, so it's it's great because it's just Mike Nelson's very deadpan, and so oh, the, some yeah. of the stuff he says it's like it's like he talks about multiple times about how he, like he was so close to putting the noose around his neck, but his wife had to take the book out of his hands <laughs> while reading it. So so yeah, um, no, I, that's kind of a backhanded compliment, but Ernest Klein's existence has spurred a lot of wonderful things that I enjoy. So there you go, and, all right. and but those things I enjoy are not Ready Player One or Armada.
1: <laughs>
0: so yeah, all right. Um. yeah so what I thought was going to be a shorter show because we just didn't talk about our weekends became a long show so I apologize everybody hope you enjoyed it I find our-
1: a way to make it long ah, I do too
0: so hope you guys enjoyed our discussion about how we uh, have a love-hate relationship now we have a frenemy relationship with The Shining uh, next week we'll see how we feel we're kicking off our year of the canon improper by watching The Apple which is a 1980 I believe film uh Directed by uh, uh, Menachem Golan. Uh, it is a musical that has Kathy Baron Stewart, who, if you guys remember from our talk about Last Starfighter, is in it. And also, I um, Knigh the Comment. She's mm-hmm. in that as well. Uh, we're going to be watching that and talking about this uh, movie about the power of rock that is made in the 80s, but it's like set in like 1992 or something. something. 1994. 1994. Um, this will be our first time talking about a musical on, on yeah. the show ever. Might be our last time. We don't. <laughs> we don't know. Uh, this will be. This will be fun. We're going to be watching this. We'll be talking about it, and I hope you guys uh, uh, join us for that discussion. You might have to buy a copy of the movie to actually watch it because it's hard. It's not streaming anywhere. So I think we're automatically eliminating a lot of people from enjoying this conversation. <laughs> but we're going to watch it. We're going to talk about it. So, uh, and, and until then, uh, have a safe weekend. Um, it's going to snow again. Don't get stuck in a hotel full of uh, imaginary ghost liquor. And um, I don't know. I got nothing.
1: Yeah. Um have a good weekend. Yeah. Give me the bat, Steve.
0: Give what? me the bat. <laughs> Give me the bat.